For more Red FM podcasts, go to redfm.ie forward slash podcasts. Right, should be um, stories making the papers this morning. A lot of them local, actually. There's a really lovely one with regards to the uh, Michael Collins statue, um, which will be situated on uh, Grand Parade. I'll come back to that in a few. Actually, I mentioned it now, actually. It's making the examiner. The first Michael Collins statue in Cork City will be installed on the Grand Parade. The scene of one of his biggest and most famous public um, or, you know, orations, if you like, where he gave one of his most powerful speeches to the most people. Why wouldn't he in Cork City? But it's uh, almost lifelike. It's almost life-size, I should say, and very lifelike. And it's Collins standing alongside a bicycle. Uh, it's an iconic photograph that we all know that was taken in Wexford in 1922. He was cycling uh, around Dublin at the time when uh, there was a bounty uh, on his head and he was cycling around the country as well I suppose but that's what it's going to be and it's going to be on Grand Parade so bring it on that's a great story um, but with regards to other stories on Side, there was an interesting one on the Cork Independent this week where busking on Side may soon come under a new set of bylaws according to the Cork Independent now there are new rules in Killarney apparently with regards to busking and here's what they're planning and from the June 1st date down in Killarney the new laws for buskers down there will limit buskers to two hours of playing time at any one spot between 11 in the morning and 9pm and after that two hours you got to move on either go home or go to another spot or whatever but you have to move on after two hours and it'll come into force on June 1st and it will also set a volume limit for, for performers while banning any bad language in lyrics and what have you um, but one of the more interesting points on this because about 10 years ago this was making news on Lee's side because if I remember correctly, there was a conversation on the time on air and I think it may have been Councillor Ken O'Flynn at the time who was suggesting that buskers should have to audition before a committee or some kind of uh, group of professionals at City Hall before they'd be allowed to play on the streets of Cork because I think 10 years on, the level has risen dramatically with regards to the talent that's playing on our streets. I do do believe that. But 10 years ago, the conversation was about that they just didn't know enough tunes or that they couldn't sing or they hadn't a note in their head and that we had to weed out the ones that were useless or not great or, you know, the character that might be there playing the same tune over and over and over again. No disrespect, but perhaps on a a little tin whistle or what have you. Uh, So that's the kind of talk now that's back again, because performers in Killarney will have to have a suitable variety of lists of songs in order to avoid repetition and to discourage drawing crowds that might block walkways and all that kind of stuff. But I remember talking to a taxi driver some months ago, and he was saying that the taxi driver's heads were wrecked, particularly in and around the Dunn store spot, where they'd be parked up, um, and it must have been hell for businesses in the area, with... (laughs) with one particular busker who just had the same tune uh, and it was just over and it was only like maybe uh, you know 10 or 12 bars of the same tune over and over anyway our thoughts are welcome on that on busking we'll come back to it again hopefully a little later on this morning but it's clock of the clock of the morning making the front of the the papers today because um, you wouldn't believe the amount of secret service agents that would be in Ireland. They're probably here already amongst us, sticking their hands down shores and manhole covers and what have you. But apparently 300 guns um, and probably more, including Glock 19s and pistols. Um, But they could even have as much as three times that um, with regards to the amount of protection uh, for President Joe Biden during his trip to Ireland next week. So the US Secret Service agents will be armed with over 300 guns to protect the President. Um, (sighs) 
not not just that actually, but forty cars will rock into Lesnar. Forty of them. He'll be in one, and there'll be thirty-nine others. Um, it, what is this trying to show? Power, uh, control, affluence. It's it's it, 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 it's almost regal or, or like royalty. I mean, Prince Charles wouldn't have that many going around behind him, but the doll, anyway, um, will have the president's men, the president, 40 cars, TDs and senators and workers in Leinster House, their cars are banned. They're not allowed to park at all. Um, I don't know for how long. So we go from the White House, as I was saying in one of the papers this morning, up to Leinster House. So from White House uh, to Tight House. I, <laughs> if the Saudis did this, imagine if a Saudi leader came over to Ireland and they had 39 cars. There would be absolute... 40 cars. Well, 39 cars plus the president's car. There would be absolute outrage. There would be <laughs> outrage over it. People would be saying, there's no, like, what are they trying to flex here, the Saudis or the Qataris? I Michael or- Healy Ray has to say about the matter that he's not allowed to park in Leinster House next week. I sure look, once, once, once they, I mean, Michael Healy has a bigger problem with the fact that the lads who are driving the cars won't be able to come in and have a drink in the pub before they go and drive the president, you know? Like, uh, you're not going to Kerry, though, she's not. No, he's not, nor is he coming to Cork despite the best efforts of the, the city council. They well, did listen, send him an, we, an, an invitation. Uh, if but. it's going to cause that much chaos, we don't no. want the man. No. They can have him up the country. Where would you put a sharpshooter in, uh, in Cork City, though? That's what I want to know. Could you put him up the Elysian? Top they were there. Pies. I know. They were there when the Queen was here. Well, and they were there when Charles was here with Camilla. And do you want me to tell you where they were? Because I know where they were. I'd love to know. Well, well I don't think I'd be allowed to know. They were trained on you, were they? But, they were, but let me just point, let me say this to you. They were up high. They, oh, and right. they were a fair distance away so there was high, no, no, with telescopic lenses, so they were. Was there fire regulations for them now? Were they allowed into the upper parts of the, the buildings in town? Or? I, I, I don't what think I'm allowed they? to tell you, but I know, I know at least three of three spots where it's, there were. Uh, agents. Well, I had the with, privilege with long to, range guns. Wow. I had the privilege to uh, to be. They were our at, own, incidentally. They were our own. Oh, they, they, they were Rangers. Yeah, yeah, they were our own. Yeah. Yeah. I had the privilege to have been on the uh, part of the press corps when Clinton came here twenty five years ago. How many cars did he have? I don't think he had forty. Right. But uh, 40 we. Cars. It's How many big, guns? You don't <laughs> know. Three hundred. There were there were a good few sharpshooters anyway down around uh, down around Trinity. <laughs> are they, they doing like? Are what? they single handedly trying to save the Forge Motor Company in Detroit, or what are they doing? Like <laughs> buying that many cars? I oh, know. Just keep piling them on, lads. Not about us. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like forty cars. Party card. And in the same breath, we're talking about Michael Collins a uh, hundred years ago going around How many bikes the most wanted have? man in Ireland. Yeah. And he going around on his push bike. That's right. A hundred years later, we have Sleepy Joe, 40 cars, 300 guns, and God only knows how many seats are. Eamon Ryan following up at the back of his bicycle, is it? Make me a Joe, laugh. wait me for me, laugh. Joe. Thank God it's Friday. We can have a laugh at it. Um, actually, there's a story makes the echo today, and we touched on this earlier in the week when I was talking with the former prison warden. And then I got some texts from prison wardens themselves saying that the focus in Cork Prison has very much changed. One of them was using the term, it's a love-in now between the prison and the inmates. Um, I think there's a really powerful article by a man who apparently is doing really well since he moved in as governor of Cork Prison in the last year. His name is Ger Manley and he's looking at things differently and you can kind of understand why. If if in Irish prisons we have a, a re-offending rate of about 90%, then prison isn't working. Sure, it's not. If 90% go out and come back in again over and over. I think Ger Manley can see this. So the days of locking prisoners up and throwing away the key are in the past now. 
and their focus is within the prison service is to rehabilitate uh, and to give them a new perspective on life for when they go out, training them so that when they go back out, they'll have an opportunity with the skills that they get in prison to go on and get work. That's got to be a good thing. Now, people will be texting me saying, no, prison should be tough and it's got to be hard and you can't be lovey-dovey and you got to make sure that they never want to ever come back again. Uh, I think it is tough when you're, you know, when your freedom is curtailed like that. So I like that story and, and I wish them well in that regard. Your thoughts on it are welcome. Text 0868104106. But at the same time, the scandal of those who are also cooling their heels and waiting, except that they're elderly patients. And take a bow, Cork University Hospital. The longest waiting time for over 75s in the first two months this year in the country. Just under 30 hours. That's what they're saying. On average, older patients wait before being admitted to the hospital. That isn't even beginning to talk about issues involving uh, um, ambulances that are parked up outside waiting to offload patients. And then, when I was telling you yesterday about the $1.5 billion that wasn't spent by the Department of Housing, um, they've come back now and given the reasons for it, the excuses. And it's not the dog ate my homework or the bus was late or my alarm clock wasn't working. It was COVID. They blame COVID for it. And they also, while they're at it, throw in the war in Ukraine. So there you have it, lads. The reason why 1.5 billion euro worth of homes weren't built. That's about 4,000 and probably more uh, social homes. The reason that they weren't built was because of COVID and the war in Ukraine. What does that actually mean? That people weren't going to work, is it? Because of COVID? Lots of us went to work. Lots of people worked from home. Lots of people became more proficient and worked harder working from home. Others went in every day and did their job. And then this is interesting, the revenue, a new warning on property tax, uh, because apparently 150,000 people are now being urged to pay up because they haven't done. And if you don't, it will be taken from you directly um, that the revenue will get the money because they will just automatically take it out of accounts. Uh, so it's about 11,000 people have also sought to defer some form uh, of uh, the payment because they just don't have it. But they sent out 150,000 letters to households and I got one of them. And I was astonished that I got one of them. And it said, you haven't paid. And if you don't pay, we're going to deduct it from your account and we're going to take X amount of money for 12 months. And I was thinking, this is insane. I paid it last month. And I went through the phone phone call a month ago, gave my debit card number, gave the PIN, gave the property address. They called me back with, they called back some kind of a confirmation number. And I just forgot about it. Um, And a month later, I got this letter and I said, my God, I'm all right. And went back and checked the bank account statements and found that the money had never been taken out. So I rang them. And paid a second time. But I remember saying to the chap on the phone, lovely guy, do, did a great job on it. I said, you know, I had this conversation with somebody else a month ago. And he said, I have no idea how that could have happened because there is no record here of anything last month. So I wonder are some of those people who also have claimed that they're claiming haven't paid actually thought that they paid a month or two months ago or whenever. Anyway, listen, it's going to be a very busy morning, so I can come back to a lot of stories, but there's one or two that continue to dominate the news, and we touched on it yesterday, and both the Sun and the Daily Mail this morning do, as the Yanks would say, a deep dive into this book is gay. Um, And the latest update to this now, of course, is that this, and it's called a sex education book, it's now been taken off the junior cycle reading list because there's been uproar about the content of it. But ministers now are being asked to explain how 
in the name of God it ever got on the junior cert school reading list in the first place. HSE has taken off the book now because it caused so much outrage. Now, the mail this morning is saying, this book is the ninth most banned book in the USA. It can't be published in Alaska. It's hitting the headlines and causing all sorts of grief across Europe, the UK, and now Ireland as well. Um, And children as young as 11, 12 and 13 um, are actually reading it and in some cases even younger. So that's another one was that uh, that controversy rolls on uh, and parts of it of course uh, tell um, tell children that when you you know hit over 18 uh, how to hook up on apps like Grindr and what have you just preparing them for when they turn 18 the unfortunate thing is they're a lot younger than that when they're reading about it papers also talk talking about modern technology you know chat GPT that's starting to get an awful lot of grief now because it's making false accusations about people I think there's a guy in New Zealand is suing uh, chat GPT and there's a story out of Washington now that makes the UK Times but I call Jonathan Turley He's a professor at George Washington University. Uh, and he says that ChatGPT has falsely accused him of sexually harassing one of his students. Um, and this is a case that uh, highlights the danger of uh, artificial intelligence getting it wrong. Because ChatGPT actually quoted an article uh, from the Washington Post as evidence. It was 100% fake. And I would imagine that Jonathan Turley should now sue the developers of Chat GPT, but apparently you're going to see more of that in the future. Um, and the papers also this morning, yeah, the, I've, I've done that one. The papers also this morning talk about the Eurovision Song Contest. They say that countries have to be impartial with regards to other countries' entry. But of course, those rules never apply uh, to the UK, where they can feel as if they can claim any entry or say whatever they want about anybody else's entry. Or at least a man called Mark Savage, who's the BBC's music correspondent. And he has savaged, savage by name, savage by nature, he has savaged Ireland's entry. Um, And he's been accused now, and the BBC have been accused, of breaking impartiality because of this scathing article, bad-mouthing some of this year's acts. But we're only particularly interested in what he has had to say about the uh, Irish uh, Eurovision Act. Uh, And he says and describes Ireland's entry as a grasping, aspirational hymn to togetherness with lyrics that Coldplay would have rejected for being too twee. And he said, wild youth were about as rowdy and unpredictable as a face cloth. He even uh, predicted that our entry would be eliminated in the first semi-final. Now, he could be right there because we have a fair old history of being eliminated in the first rounds for quite some time. Here's the song. Would you describe... I mean, he's saying with the band called Wild Youth that they're not. That they're as wild and rowdy and unpredictable as a face cloth. And the song and Coldplay, probably the most twee band on the planet, would they'd even reject the lyrics.
Yeah, I've heard worse, I have to say. I have a word, but I've heard an awful lot better as well, including Irish Eurovision winners. Our ballads were always very powerful. You kind of probably have to see the video of that rather than listening just to the tune. But I've heard worse, but according to the Beeb, or at least Mr. Savage, we ain't got a prayer, lads. Back after the break. Red FM's Cash Machine. And it happened yesterday. <laughs> we had another big winner yesterday. Yvonne Power and Ballyvalan come in. Your numbers come up. Good morning. Hi, how are you? I'm great. Never mind about me. What does it feel to be 40,323 euro and 26 cent better off? Oh, I'm wondering, wondering. <laughs> I'm, uh, Kevin was telling me he chatted with you last night and he said this really is a life-changing amount of money for you. Why? Um, well, I had a bit of a midlife crisis there and I decided to go back to college. But I'm <laughs> at the moment I'm saving for like a mortgage, obviously, and um, I'm getting married next year. So we've the two, I've two jobs. So like, you know, just trying to save and with college and everything like that. It's just bit up the walls and things I like that. I couldn't so. think of someone who deserves it more. Gone back to college and all the stress that brings, trying yeah. to get a mortgage together, working two jobs, planning to get married. What are the two jobs? Have you a day job and a night job or what? Um, yeah, so I work in St. Clovis Hall in Douglas and I work in Blackwater Mortar Saint in Fort Hill. Okay, Volkswagen. Yeah. And oh, you, you work in the pub in the club, is it? Yeah, yeah, in the pub in the club, yeah. Oh my God, so you must be exhausted. Yeah, I'm tired now, right? I'm tired yeah. now, right? Okay, so that's the, that's, that's the deposit sorted then, is it? Um, yeah, well, hopefully, yeah. So we might have, we might enjoy a small bit of it, but the majority of it will have to go into savings. Boring adult stuff, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> like what? But, you know, mortgages and stuff, it's all a bit boring, isn't it? <laughs> 40 grand it's amazing you need to go on a holiday though don't don't just don't go saving or funding at all with that you know oh yeah no we'll go on a nice holiday alright when you're saying when you're saying the amount you know that like once you're saying it you're winning that amount and it's just a really weird kind of it was unreal <laughs> it was a bit amazing to get the call though yeah yeah I was shaking <laughs> What's that like? I mean, you just get one digit wrong and you're out. If you don't answer yeah. within five rings, you're out. I know, I was in an awful panic. <laughs> <laughs> How does Niall feel about the 40 grand? Oh, he couldn't believe it. Couldn't believe it. He was bouncing around the place. and like He was in work and I rang him and he had the whole place like bawling and everything. <laughs> <laughs> you're his hero. <laughs> oh, can't believe it, can't believe it. Oh my God, and and tell me, have you how far down the line are you with the marriage preparations? Um, well, we kind of only booked it recently, but um, kind of getting, trying to get like photographers and vendors and stuff, all that kind of started mm. at the moment. Mm. So where are you um, going to, where are you going to go? I mean, what, what church, what hotel, how will it be? It's worked out. Um, so there's no church and no hotel. It's, we're going to get married in the Blasket Centre down in West Kerry. Oh, isn't that gorgeous? And then we're doing the reception in um, Paddy O'Shea's pub, so it'll be just a bit different, like. That is the exact way I would doing it if I was doing something again like that. I'd get a big restaurant or a pub like that. Yeah, you know? just a kind of bit laid back, like a bit more Isn't it? casual. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's very cash. You'd have an awful lot more crack, wouldn't you, in an area yeah, like yeah, that? That's, that's the plan. That's the plan. <laughs> Does Paddy O'Shea's know about it that you're on the way? Oh, they do, yeah, yeah. We've like they have like a function room in the back, so like we've been in contact with them, and they've done up a menu for us and stuff, and they've been very good to be fair. Oh, listen, I'd love to see some photographs of that when it comes off. Yeah, no, it'd be good crack. What are you doing in college then? What are you doing in college? I'm doing art, so I want to do teaching at the end of it, but um, 
yeah, we um, I was I could like I was either move up to Limerick or I wanted to do primary school teaching, so. I'm going to do the arts and then do the masters after it. Well, so God knows we need. You know, God knows we need primary school teachers and secondary school teachers. We really do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So working the two jobs and everything will, you know, um, go a long way to up until now to helping with college and mortgages and all sorts of stuff like that. But forty grand, it really does oh, put a huge dent in it, and I'm delighted for you. I really thank am. you. Thank you very much. Right. Thanks very much. Thank, <laughs> thanks for listening. Appreciate it, and uh, delighted that you won. Um, no and uh, do stay in touch with regards to uh, the wedding and the reception and the photographs and what have you. Will do, will do. Thanks very much. Go Thanks on a you. holiday for God's sake, you hear me? Oh, we will, we will, 100%. All right, Yvonne. Good luck to yourself and Niall, all right? Thanks very much. Bye. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye-bye. Cheers. Bye-bye. Take care. What a great win. Cash Machine returns next week. Yvonne Power from Ballyvaland, €40,323.26. It's an incredible amount of money because I remember back in the days when we were doing uh, the likes of cash calls. It was, uh, it was a grand. Like it's 40 times that when you win now. It's astonishing. Anyway, text 0868104106. Pick up the phone on 0818104106. Yesterday, we were talking with Pipers, the fun fair, who are getting all sorts of grief and jip from the county council. They want 60 grand for a bond to be allowed to be put on the car park down in Kinsale. They've been there for well over 90 years and haven't been there through COVID, but we're hoping that this would be the year that they get back again. Um, but apparently that could not happen unless they paid a €60,000 bond before they could go back to their spot in Kinsale. Uh, A lot of people were talking about it on air yesterday and saying the whole scene has changed down in Kinsale. I think I might have some calls on this in a a few minutes' time, that there is a new set that have descended upon Kinsale and taken over what for many years would have been a, a local community, initially, I suppose, going back along, uh, very much a fishing community, uh, and have taken it over, and that um, the posh set, um, not necessarily the yachties, because they've been there for a long time, uh, just want things done their way and are not interested in fun fairs or anything like that. Seamus went down uh, to Kinsale yesterday afternoon. I have an interesting vox, but I just want to chat with him very quickly, because I think he also has some extra stories to tell us from people who were willing to chat, but not on mic. So, how'd that go for you yesterday? Um, it's proven to be a very de- uh, divisive, uh, is that the word? Um, topic, issue, yeah. topic down, down around Kinsale, because you have to remember, Pipers have been there for 90 years now, and they'd come in in March, uh, they'd set up, and they'd be gone then by September, and the area is then used as a car park. Yeah. Um, I spoke to a few people um I went into one or two businesses uh, that weren't willing to talk on Mike. One of them uh, said to me, it's time he moved on. As in the Piper's Fun Fair moves on. Exactly. Exactly. Why? Um, That it's had its day and uh, it's not needed for the area. Um, Others are, are saying that, look, we need parking. It's not, it's the, um, the tourist season hasn't really kicked in yet and when the tourist season does come in the buses will arrive and there'll be nowhere for the buses so okay so the tourists wouldn't be attracted by a fun fair well no? that was the point i made um but like they're saying fix the parking issue and then we look at the fun fair right okay so there is nowhere else is this a main car park is it on the left when you go into into the town um it's uh, 
Cross and Perryville, that kind yes, of area. Yes, yeah, yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. Um, so that's if that's taken up by a fun fair, it takes up the whole lot of it, does it? It do, it takes up about uh, f- you'd get about forty or fifty car parking spaces in there with the with the fun fair there. With the, if, if you take the fun fair out, is that, that all? That that that's the size of it. Is it the main car park? Yeah. Well, it, well, no, it's it's. Um, um, anyway, it, does, it, it, it doesn't matter. What, what they're saying is that it's, it's had, it, he said it's had its day and there's nowhere for people to park. But would that business then be um, a business that, it, like, I don't think anybody in, in the food or the pub trade or in restaurants or takeaways would agree with that kind of talk? Um, not in the restaurants, but, um, like, I, I'm very kind of slow to tell you the the, the businesses that, that told me, that gave me those comments because... It will it will identify them. Right. Okay. So that was there anybody else that had an opinion that didn't make it onto the mic? Um, there were a couple of, of of women that I spoke to on the street as well. They were just afraid to to make any comment, uh, saying that look, we understand the situation, but the the problem we have is that we come in, we can't shop because we have nowhere to to park we just come in for 10 minutes um, now there is a, a main car park uh, there uh, in the town that's charged for but it's charged for straight away it's not like Cove or not like Bandon where you get the first hour free you're you you have to pay straight okay. away. Oh, so so it's eating into their so free. So maybe that might be an option for the council if they looked at maybe the first hour free and it would free up and f- the traffic would flow better and there'd be more turnover for for the businesses. Uh, but that that was basically my conversations yesterday okay. and okay. what I got there as well. I'm okay, like, let's have a listen to the audio then. It's from yesterday afternoon down Kinsale. Was it busy down there? I mean, no, it's early in the year, but it was hopping. But what? what? There were quite a lot of tourists around even yesterday and very busy. Okay. And a lot of locals out and about do, doing their stuff as well. Okay. Have a listen to this audio from yesterday uh, in Kinsale. Disgusting the way he's being treated, like you know, uh, there's no level playing pitch. The locals will have to get their act together and get behind him. It's time now to fight back for uh, you know what, what we had in, when I was growing up because this town has been slowly destroyed. Destroyed by who? Uh, people that have come in here, money talks, that's what they say, money talks. So it's the new consailers that are doing it. Well, I wouldn't call them new consailers. They're blow-ins, and once they get their foot in the uh, on the accelerator and in this town, they can do what they want. Enough is enough. You know, the fun fair is just it's 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 a piece of Kinsale. It's a piece of Kinsale history. I think just get the fun fair back up and running, and then we'll figure out around that. I have loads of memories coming here to visit my grandmother. So having lost my grandmother last year and not have Pipers this year again, it's it's not fair. So to us as for having memories and for our children not to have the same memories that we had growing up here. I think it's gonna be a real shame not to have it. From the minute I saw that tarmac going down, I never thought Pipers would be operating anyway. And I thought all that last year was the biggest load of cads wallop. They were never going to let him back in there. 
He's been part of, I, I'm 66 years of age and I was reared and born in the town. He's been part of the town. There's nothing else for the kids. Everybody wants it. It wasn't going to happen. I'm firmly convinced of it. Well, I'm a Kinsale resident probably for the last 35 years and Piper was here long before I was and I'm sure a lot of other people in the town. So yes, it'll be a huge loss if he goes. But it worked as our playground because when families come to dine with us, naturally it's great to be able to say the families, I've often heard them say, listen, go across the road there to Piper's and go on the swinging boats and we'll pick you up in two hours. Everything for the town is good. So Piper's was a great addition, is a great addition, and fingers crossed we'll see him come back again. Well, you see, parking's an issue, mainly in the town. So if it just does vested interest, shops want more parking, other people want less parking, it's a classic problem in the town. But doesn't the fun fair bring more business into town then? Well, the argument would be where they're going to park where they're going to go if, if you come in where are you going to park it, it does I mean the fun fair is a great addition you know but the problem is the parking in the town so there's two if you solve one problem you then make room for a fun fair if you don't solve it you don't have room for tourists day trippers or anything what do you do you know that's just be the problem well personally I think it's quite bad because it's been there for about 90 years and I used to go there when I was small and I knew plenty of locals that worked there for many many years and it's quite sad to see because you know it was quite um, good for children for the entertainment part of the town really so it is quite sad but a lot of people are saying that it's that at the end of the day they're looking for extra car parking spaces and the fun fair has to has to give away because parking is a premium yeah I, that, yeah, I understand that kind of side of things but Kinsale always had that trouble so I feel like we're still going to have that trouble in future if, if Piper's wasn't there even the whole long day on 1934 it's a long time like and now his dad is sick and everything, and now they want 60 grand. So it was 60 grand. And would you have come here as a child to the, to the front fair? Years ago, but not, not as often. To be more yard, we'd be going to. Down to Perks. Down to Perks. <laughs> you know, it's always nice cross Haven have one, Nick. Like. You know, grandkids went cross Haven last week. That was great. Oh, so like they said that they're going to get rid of it like. well some people are saying that it's the uh, the new Kinsalians that are pushing all this agenda that they don't want it because it lowers the tone of the, oh, no, of the money. area money people money they're not from here like all these people coming in but it's the same everywhere and they tend to run roast and you know, Mr. Piper was great. We have the regatta in town, which is the real local regatta August weekend. And Mr. Piper used to always give them a load of tokens that, like, it was a great night. The kids fancy dressing, all the mums and dads go into Actons then, and all the kids would be up here. used to give them free tokens. Yeah. Like, in fairness, you know. Yeah, so they gave back to the community? Of course they went gave back to the community. Of course they did. We're always a lovely family, you know. When they moved the caravan from the short key. Yeah. How was the end of it? Oh no, we're too busy in the act club now. Sad, isn't it? Sad, isn't it? Yesterday afternoon down in Kinsale. Um, overwhelming support there on the Vox Pop from the people that Seamus spoke to in Kinsale. So the headline would be um, Mary's Band, or should it be something along the lines of Kinsale Bands the Mary's. Back after the break. Text the Neil Prenderville Show now. 86 810 Red FM. And you can text 86 810 And just want to stay with this for another few minutes because we've got uh, local Fianna Gael councillor Mario Sullivan down Kinsale where she also has Sal's Cafe in Kinsale so good morning to Marie 
Good morning, Neil. How well, are you? Thanks Good morning. for holding on. I appreciate it. One or two points there in that Vox that interested me greatly is one person said, this town is being slowly destroyed by blow-ins. Somebody else said, people with money not from here. Um, why is Kinsale banning the Marys? I mean, you're on council. It's, they, that's completely incorrect, Neil. We're, it, the councillors certainly are not banning the Marys and me, from my own point of view, having a business in town, we all want these in, attractions in the town and we welcome anything that um, enhances the whole local area. My own children have enjoyed the, the Marys in Pipers and I would certainly like the younger people in town to continue doing so. But there must be a but somewhere because uh, he says that he won't be there like this year. The but, the but is in the problem like all of us in business and we all know the cost of doing business has become extremely expensive for all of us. And I suppose like in all walks of life, we all have to adhere to regulations. In my own business, I have to, we say HSC, I have the fire safety, I have uh, HSA. And look, we when we apply for any kind of a license, there are conditions attached to it. And I suppose it's trying to work around these conditions is what, the problem here. And I know Cork County Council are trying to engage with Mr. Piper in coming to an agreement about the conditions for the lease on the park. Okay. He has um, a public liability insurance of 13 and a half million euro. He's put in two and a half thousand euro worth of protective mats to make this cabling safe on the fairground. He will not damage the new car park surface. He says he never has in the 90 years that they are there. Uh, But yet he has to come up for the first time ever with the 60,000 euro bond that he was never asked for before, even though he pays rent every summer for the spot that he puts the funfair on. It is much loved down there. Seamus struggled to find anybody, uh, particularly in that Vox Pop, who felt that no, it yeah, shouldn't I, be I, there. I was listening to it, Neil. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So, no, look, and look, I, I understand that and I understand people's sentiments. I mean, I, I'm living here in the town. I have a business in town. And, you know, it was a very hot topic last year. And uh, to be honest with you, it caused a lot of stress for all of us. Why? And it wasn't, it wasn't a very nice uh, position to be in here. Yeah. But because, like, we're we're not anti anybody, and I'm certainly not anti anything. Anybody that knows me, I'm very much pro community and pro anything that is good for the town. And I suppose there's a saying in Spanish. You will excuse me for a moment. It, it says "hablando sin sentiente todo el mundo," and I think it means that if conversations are held and everybody puts the cards on the table, and if the cards are put on the table and documents are produced, I think the council would be quite willing to engage with Mr. Piper. Without seeking 60 grand? I mean, once he has an indemnity problem, you know, if you have, look, myself, I have outside dining, outside my own business here in Kinsale, right? And I had to take out extra insurance for my public liability. I also had to get windbreakers with my name on them in perforated steel because otherwise my public liability wouldn't cover me because I had to be indemnified against Cork County Council as well. You know, so I like... It's like, it's a box-ticking exercise, to be honest, because... But why wasn't it a box-ticking exercise in the past, before they put down this this uh, tarmac? Well, I suppose there's a new... There's, in fairness, there is a new surface there, and it has been really upgraded, so I suppose it's to protect... It's, look, Cork County Council is, belong, is the people, so it's... It's, it's, tar- it's tarmac, like, what's the big yeah. deal about this? It would be... I suppose they're, they're, it's like my own here, This why I go back to my own situation here, my out side area, it would have been a lot easier for me if I could have perforated the ground and put in some kind of a permanent fixture but I wasn't allowed to. Why are the locals so saying that the town's been taken over by, by blow-ins um, and well, that I, they're actually I, I, calling I, the shots? 
I'm a blow in myself from Bandon, if that's a blow in. But I don't think I don't think that's a fair comment, to be honest with you. Well, why would so many of them be saying it? Have a listen to this one. I'm 50 years of age and I'm from Kinsale. I've gone to Piper's yeah. Fun Fair with my dad and grandfather since I was a child. Yeah. I've always brought my own kids there as well in the summertime, and they love it. It's so sad to see this happening to Piper's. The main problem with Kinsale is the new locals, they call themselves Kinsaleans, and they're so far up themselves, it's sickening. I've moved out of the town, of my own town, because I couldn't stand the SHIT talk out of the people that have moved into the town over the last few years. The local businesses, as they call themselves, should hang their heads in shame at what they are doing to this man. All they want is parking for their overpriced restaurants. I, I don't think that's a very fair comment, to be honest with you, because anybody who's been in business in the town over the past couple of years has suffered an awful lot. And look, all the local businesses here are extremely pro-community and they're the people who give the work experience to the kids in town They'll give them their summer jobs. They're the people who are here for the spot prizes for the sports clubs to sponsor stuff. And I don't think that's a very last time. I, last time I heard the topic of work experience in Kinsale had to do with work experience in Kinsale restaurants. And unfortunately, the young people were being put on trials in some of them where they would work the whole day. There might be three of them. One would be kept on. The other two would not. And the two who are not kept on weren't paid. That's the well, last time I was talking about Kinsale restaurants. Well, certainly not my experience in my own business. Mm. And, I don't, and I, I'm not aware of that happening in any other business either, Neil. Well, I mean, it was happening because the parents yeah. of the children were in touch with me. But yeah, perhaps well, that's for I, another day. Why, why yeah. wouldn't local councillors be tearing strips out of the council for taking away a fun fair in the summer in a summer tourist town? But look, I suppose we, have, we made representations last year and we've asked them to maintain the rent for Mr Piper which is a, is a very fair rent for the, the fairground now the legal matters to be honest with you are out of our hands because that is to do with the property section in County Hall they are the people obviously they're the experts so, it's, the, I, so I, it's a County Hall issue so uh, that you have no input into as a local well, councillor I mean, we, we, we make representations we can make representations but when it comes down to legal matters we don't obviously okay so I should be anything. talking to the county manager then is it the county manager, okay. exactly. Okay, okay. And you All think right. that maybe if his arm could be twisted, his or hers? Who's well, I mean, like we, to be honest with you, Neil, we, we Mr. Piper hasn't contacted me. I've yeah. had no contact yeah. from Mr. Piper and I'm, I'm chairperson of the municipal district. So, I mean, I have had absolutely no contact from him this year. You're the chairman of the municipal yeah. district. What does yeah. that mean? Yeah. Like, basically mayor of Bandon Kinsale at the moment. You are the mayor of Kinsale? Yeah, okay. yeah, right. yeah. Right. So and I've had no contact with him. He has made no contact with me. But have you made any so contact I mean, with him to help him out? Last year we were all, we were all, we all we all lobbied to keep him there. And two years ago, and we lobbied to keep his rent down for him. And we have done that. But as I said, when it comes to legal matters and presenting documents, that's out of our hands. Okay. Okay. It just seems to be the world is going slowly mad. If something well, that was there for 90 years and his father, who is well into his 80s now and is unwell, um, has yeah. to live the, with, uh, with, not, with, you know, he's getting on in age. He has to live in the knowledge that Piper's is no more, that they're going to have to sell the equipment because the council they, is looking for 60 grand in case he damages tarmac. I mean, it, it, it beggars belief that we're actually having this conversation. I know, but unfortunately, Neil, as you know, our world has changed 
an awful lot. And because... Why has our world changed that a 90-year-old funfair needs to come... Where's he going to get 60 grand for a family business like that on a tight margin? I don't know, because it's like me here. I'm suffering myself in my own business. You look at our cost of doing business. My electricity bill went from 1,600 euros to 4,700. <sighs> yeah, but you're not asked for a bond before you open your no, door. No, I'm not. But I, wor- like, I have worked in my own business without a wage for the past three years just to keep the door open. Yeah, Piper survived two years not, not having to... Yeah. Not able yeah. to put a funfair on because of COVID. We all have our COVID-related yeah, we stories. All, we all, you know, we all have, everyone has their, has their issues. And, you know, we're all trying to keep going and we're all trying to help each other. But nobody seems to be helping this man um, uh, apart from me. <laughs> no, I think, look, I know that the officials in Cork County Coast are, are meeting him again next week. So I will be asking them if they can look at the amount on the bond again. Okay, okay, okay. I called. I All called. Right. I called Tim Lucy, the county manager. Thank you, Marie. Thanks for taking the call. Okay. Appreciate it. Have Take a great, have, have a great nice long weekend. weekend. Happy Easter. Take care. Back after the break. Text 0868104106. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818104106. Corks Red FM. Yes, indeed. I won't make the same mistake a fortnight ago. I'm going to get stuck into Free Food Friday shoutouts and get as many of them on the air as I can. So make sure you are texting who you are and where you are to 0868104106. 106 because today is no exception even though it's a good Friday and I think sometime in the future this will actually be a, uh, a bank holiday but we'll have to wait and see on that one but anyway for now Roosters Piri Piri Douglas and Blackpool Retail Park will be providing enough roosters to feed 15 of you so you get loads of starters and main courses chicken wings chicken skewers and beef skewers then the main events include chicken wraps chicken pittas and beef burgers wonderful burgers basted in the famous uh, piri piri sauce you'll have piri salted fries rice and waffle fries with piri mayo and garlic mayo and then build your own cheesecake for dessert with loads of different toppings so it'll feed up to 15 of you so text who you are and where you are to 0868 104 uh, 106 and we'll start those shout outs I promise you just after 10 this morning so get texting now 086 8104 106 from yesterday's program quite a lot of texts on different topics of conversation including um, criticism of um, we were talking about how long it takes to turn around houses and turn around homes and what have you that are owned by city council and I imagine it's much the same although I don't have the stat in front of me for the county council but city council is 75 weeks yet another person who's um, uh, on the inside says please don't give out my details as I'm currently employed by Cork City Council. The um, former fire officer that you spoke to is correct when he talks about people working within certain areas of council. The tradesmen employed here are a joke. About five years ago, the union had an agreement with the council that apprenticeships would be part of the workforce. The qualified tradesmen kicked up a fuss because they didn't want to train apprentices. And if they were to do it, they wanted private sector rates and extra for training apprentices. The housing department is absolutely brutal. They don't even respond to current tenants, never mind people ringing up looking for a house. Very difficult to get a phone answered in City Hall. It really is a lot of the time. Well, I think it'll be answered by the main desk and then you're sent on to an extension which rings out or you go to a voicemail and the mailbox 
is full. But how do tradespeople ever think apprentices would become tradespeople themselves if they don't train them while they're on the job? I would have thought that was part of the apprenticeship. Back after 10, text 0868104106. Hey, it's Dave. Join me weekdays from 4 for Dave Max Drive, where I'll help get you home or give you a little lift at home. Big hits, loads of fun features and traffic info. What more could you need? Join me weekdays from 4. Dave Max Drive. Okay, with regards to uh, Kinsale and the car park issues and all that kind of thing, I'm sorry now, but that's crazy. All because of 40 cars and 40 car parks and our Irish guards are staying in tents in the Curra, sharing beds with day and night staff in tents because of the lack of hotel rooms. What's all that about? Has that got something to do with Biden? Or what's going on that many, many... Uh, Gardy have had to head up to Dublin and that's where they're staying. Uh, imagine the cribbing out of Eamon Ryan about all the emissions next week with regards to Biden and his 40 cars. Uh, Billy M says, Biden's visit goes north, west and east with a motor car, motorcade of gas guzzling beasts. Healy Ray is like a dog for he's not allowed to cut his bog. So that's climate change for you. But yet in comes President Biden with all of these guns and all of the Secret Service and a motorcade that has 40 cars in it. 40. Where are they going to put them in Leinster House is beyond me. Sorry now, I can't go on air, but you were talking about busking earlier on this morning. But what about the beggars inside in the city, particularly outside Debenhams every day? They are all getting benefits and they are not homeless. They come in every morning early from Blackpool. I see them, three of them with their haversacks on their backs. Why are they not fined? Why are they allowed to sit there? Why are they not told to go to work? Or else, why aren't their benefits been stopped? It is beyond belief. Well, yeah, we do have a fair share of professional uh, beggars. Uh, with regards to Pipers and Kinsale, it's a shame that it's gone. It's the out-of-towners who want it banned, uh, as they are being classed as settled travellers. Uh, as in the uh, fun fair is being classed as settled travellers. I grew up in the town going to the Marys. We had great crack as lads there. This is just listening to more Fine Gael BS. It's all their fault that everything has gone up. I don't want to hear their lies. Um, it was Fine Gael the guys to the local councillor saying that the cost of doing business has gone up, gone up. There's ample car parking in and Kinsale up past Supervalue. Let the buses take a right at the Pewter Hall Cross and park in that car park. Walking seems to be the issue these days. Nobody wants to walk. The council and blow-ins are ruining the history of Kinsale. We all have great memories growing up in Kinsale and the local councillors are no help at all. Uh, the council, you tell me, is worried about tarmac, tarmac in a park in Kinsale, but they're not too worried about the state of the roads, are they? Excellent text. They can find all this money to tarmac a car park, but they can't tarmac the roads. Sorry, can't come on air, but it's an absolute joke that they're using the lack of parking as an excuse for not letting pipers back in Kinsale. If they're so concerned about the supposed lack of parking, why aren't they taking back the parking spaces from the local businesses that they still blocked off for the plastic bollards outside dining? for outside dining during COVID restrictions. Those restrictions are long gone, yet the parking spaces are still being used by the businesses. Bring back Pipers, the true heart of Kinsale. And just one final one on this. The snobbery from some of the so-called Kinsaleans is off the scale. So many happy memories have taken my children to Pipers in Kinsale. I hope something can be done to save it, says Mags. And somebody else then accusing me of playing the populism card again. I'm not quite sure what that even means, playing the populism card. 
but you're entitled to your opinion. I, I just don't like the way the world is changing in many ways. And this is one of the ways that I don't like it. That something that was giving so much joy and entertainment for nearly 100 years has now been told, nah, you're not really welcome here anymore. Um, and, and uh, you know, and if, if, you, if we really do decide, you're going to have to come up with an extra 60 grand in case you damage the car park. It's a fun fair. It's summertime. It's a tourist town. What part of that is not obvious to the people who make these kind of decisions. But anyway, so 100 years of Pipers, right? And, uh, you know, 90 years of it, nearly 100 years of Michael Collins. And, of course, we're going to get the statue. I wonder what Michael Collins, who was a West Cork man himself, would make of this story out of Kinsale this morning. Um, I don't know whether Tim Crowley wants to respond to that question, but he's the chairman of the Michael Collins 100 Committee. Um, And, of course, we are getting uh, the Michael Collins statue, and a big one too. Tim, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Um, what, would you, what would you think Collins would say to this? <clears throat> I, it's one thing, excuse me, over the years I've, I've kept away from this trying to speak for Michael Collins. He's a very uh, intelligent man and I'm afraid my level would be well below his. I would dream of going down that road. Well, okay, you're dead right to stay out of it. I can't help but think that he would have something to say about it if you were given the opportunity. And I don't think it would be complimentary to the local government down there, I can tell you that much. But, but anyway, maybe that's for another day. Congratulations, Tim. Delighted you got it across the line and a great location, right? Yeah, no, um, <clears throat> we, we have to thank um, Cork City Council. They've been amazing for the, the, the work they put into this and, and the, the help. And uh, they, in the end, they, they, all these sites had to be checked out for underground services and so on. And there was a site in, in, in Patrick Street and another one in, in the Grand Parade giving us options to us. And uh, we went researching the sites and we discovered amazingly that the one in the Grand Parade is more or less on the spot where Michael Collins made a speech on, on the 12th of March, 1922. It's um, kind of across from number 35 Grand Parade, which back then was the Tract and Book Society shop. And today it's Boots Hearing Care shop. And of course, that would be, uh, we'll say, on, on, the, on the, the, the Patrick Street side or the Albert Plunkett Street side. And then at, at the other side, and it's in line with the city library, basically. And we're absolutely delighted that the, that the, the site is in front of the library because... Um, it's a place of learning and reading and historical research. And Michael Collins was a great man for the books, of course, as well. Yeah, and he had a big wide sweep there on the Grand Parade to address 50,000 people. This would have been a pro-treaty rally. Was it trying to sell the treaty to the public, wasn't it? It was. And, and the, the, the event itself was incredible because when, when um, the, the, the night before, the anti-treaty led through the... the um, the platform into the River Lee, it had to be fished out and re-erected again. And when, when I didn't Michael know Collins, that. Yeah, and when Michael Collins and the others started speaking and the other speakers were forced and, and uh, <clears throat> there was anti-treaty lads firing off revolvers in, in, in the middle of the crowd to stop the speaking from going ahead. But when Collins took the platform, it, it all stopped and, and he got a great hearing. And, and uh, there's amazing uh, footage there on Petty News if anybody wanted to see um, the, the actual uh, silent footage of that event. Now, our statue, of course, um, depicts a time when they were all united, when Michael Collins was the rebel leader, we were riding a bicycle. And, and as we keep saying, we think it's fantastic that the rebel Michael Collins is now going to be in the rebel city. He was, very, he was a wanted man then, or was that sometime later, or what? Or was it before well, the treaty he was really and truly wanted by the British? At it, least? It, well, that, that was during the War of Independence. Yeah, so it would have been earlier, 19, yeah. But, he, but yeah. He, he, did, he was constantly on the bike, wasn't he? He was. I mean, he, 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 here, here was this man running a war against this huge empire. 
Uh, and, and he was doing it just as a businessman riding a bicycle and he going around every day being searched at checkpoints by the British and putting on an English accent and acting drunk and all this and offering, offering them cigarettes and so on. So the, the, the image of Michael Collins with the bike is so, so powerful. And, and uh, Kevin Holland, our sculptor, always says that Michael Collins is the historical figure that just keeps on giving. I mean, you could represent him as Minister for Finance, statesman, the rebel leader, the soldier. You know, the, he's, um, he's great in, the, in that regard. Um, is it life size? Uh, so it's Collins and the bike, but is it is it true to size and shape and form? Well, originally the plan was that we were going to have the the, the statue about six foot four, but then when the when when this. Um, um, sites came into the equation we decided it was going to be a smaller statue in a big open space to be kind of lost so in, in consultation with the council we decided to, to go for a slightly bigger statue so we're now going seven feet to the top of his hat and um, wow. obviously that's going, to, that's going to cost us a bit more money because Michael Collins is going to be bigger and the bicycle is going to be bigger as well. <laughs> is it cast so we're, we're, yet? Where are you at with that? Is it well, Kevin Holland has started work on on the, on the project, and uh, it's um, we have it start to stepped out now between now and next August when it will be unveiled there in the city. August of this year, then. August of this year, yes. That's fantastic. Uh, it would be the Sunday nearest um, Michael Collins's 101st anniversary. Isn't so he that was amazing? killed on the 22nd, and and we we scheduled the unveiling for the 20th. Okay, was that crowd was that crowd funded the funding for that? Um, there was GoFundMe, and but I, the bulk of it came in from contributions from individuals into our IBAN number and on the on our bank account, um, and also a lot of businesses have really come come up here as well. So we're so grateful to everybody. But we we have to keep the fundraising going because, as I say, we have to pay for a slightly bigger statue now, and as well as that, we with the arrangements we have with the council, we're paying for a lot of the materials. Obviously, the statue itself. But also there's a there's a stone kind of an, an obelisk going to be put in mm. with four plaques on it made of granite, and so there'll be a lot of other expenses there as well. So mm. as soon as we're happy, we've our, our, our cost covered. We'd we we'll bring it into the fundraising drive. But at the moment, we're still driving on. But look, we're coming out to the home straight with it, and we're still appealing to businesses and individuals to keep contributing. And of course, everybody that gives money to this will get a, the special certificate um, from the, the committee modelled on the one that Michael Collins gave out when he was Minister for Finance back in, in, in the day and as well as that their name goes into the time capsule underneath the, the plant of the Oh, it's win-win all round, yeah. How can people help if they do want to get involved? Well, our website is um, com. There's a donate page there and it's very straightforward so if people want to visit that um, and they can make a contribution. Yeah, Kevin Holland actually did a landmark statue in Clon, didn't he? I think that one was unveiled by Liam Neeson who played Collins, am I right in that regard? Yeah, that was, uh, believe it or not, now 21 years ago. Oh when there was some, some of our committee, including myself, we were involved in that project as well. So, so that was that, that, that was amazing, and, and of course, Mike Collins portrayed Donald Chanticleer as the statesman uh, here in, our, in 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 the city. There, he would be portrayed as the rebel leader. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah, and uh, I'm happy to say that Cork City Council were on board on this. They didn't ask you for any bond or any payment for the piece of footage or the 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 the, the ground to put it upon, which is good news in itself. Do you know what I was going to say to you? It was only recently that I went to Glasnevin, actually. for a, I was there when I was a child, but I went back as an adult to look at many of the graves there. It's an incredible, historic place to visit. And um, I was reminded of the story at Colin's grave for many, many years after his passing that someone, it was said to have been a woman, would leave a single rose there uh, on on an anniversary every year. Is, is that true? 
Well, there is a, actually a, a very good friend of ours. Her name, her first name is Veronique. She lives in Paris, and we met her first about 20 years ago. And she's very much devoted to Michael Collins and has a great interest in him. And and she comes over, now obviously during COVID, she was restricted in her travels, but most years she comes over a few times on his birthday and on his anniversary, and she puts flowers on, on the grave in Les Nevin. And she has been featured in one or two documentaries, actually. About uh, about him and about the the grave and all of that. So she was but, the uh, mystery woman, if you like, Veronique from Paris. Well, no, there may have been somebody before that as well. I, I can't, um, I, I, I can't, uh, I don't know anything about that. But yeah. I, I, we actually we have, I have a photograph here in our collection, and it's of, of Michael Collins' grave in the nineteen sixties, and uh, no flowers on it. And in the in the background, the banger of a, a car up in blocks. And uh, of course, when the movie came out with Liam Neeson, I think that, and then Tim Pat Coogan's book, I suppose, as well, that changed everything. And today, the, the grave, as you, as you would have seen yourself, is in pristine condition. Fantastic and, and condition, huge, yeah. Huge, yeah. huge attraction up there in, in, in Glass Never. Okay, well, an added attraction on Leaside come August is the first Michael Collins statue in the city on Grand Parade, and it will be great. There'll probably be a big event on, for that unveiling. Will there be anything planned for that? Uh, well, we're obviously working there now on, on different possibilities about who we will ask to, um, to 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 unveil it because up to now we had to wait until it, until we were kind of confident that, that the whole thing would go ahead. And uh, I would imagine so the Collins uh, family and Liam Neeson, maybe. What do you think of that? <laughs> well, look, as I say now, there's a, we we can't start putting out names there, but we, we're we're kind of put, uh, doing a lot of um, investigations there. Now I'm, sure you are. At the moment. I'm sure you so are. I'm sure you are. We're we're hoping we might match the crowd that Michael Collins had in 1922. That we might have 50,000. No, they, 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 they'd they'd never allow that. They'd never allow that. <laughs> Be some issues with regards to public safety, I'd say, or something like that. <laughs> 50,000 people. <laughs> well, <laughs> we couldn't, we couldn't get the Christmas lights turned on in the city. We couldn't get a family day for the Christmas lights in the city. We'd only get 50,000 from Mick Collins, but you never know. Well, there are even even people already talked about flying in from the US and UK and different countries as well so I'd say it should, it should be a fantastic occasion alright man well you haven't put a foot wrong yet fair play Tim best of luck congratulations so far looking forward to August thanks for taking the call thanks a million Neil I'll cheers Tim Crowley right. chairman of the Michael Collins 100 committee you can text 0868104106 pick up the phone on 0818104106 if you don't mind let me just oh actually before I do that you know you talk about 100 years ago and stuff like that there's a buddy of mine yesterday uh, Eddie Lyons he sent me a fabulous clip actually on Instagram it's, it's visual but I just want to play the audio version of it because it does talk about Irish history um, and uh, you know the whole issues of our struggles over the past 500, 600, 700 years, whatever it may be. Uh, I think it's the great, I think it, uh, for me, it is one of the greatest um, pushbacks or corrections or reminders uh, or interjections that I've ever heard a broadcaster make. It's, it's David McWilliams, right? And there's a TV show and on it is Jim, McCall- Jim Allister, who's a um, member, party leader of the uh, traditional unionist voice party, um, but he's a member of the parliament up there at the time. He's going back a bit. And some guy's asking a question as to whether or not uh, 1916 should be a day that should be commemorated in Northern Ireland. That's the general gist of it. You'll hear that. And then you will hear um, the um, unionist politicians reply to it. Have a listen to this. Hang on a second, I need to get, uh, I need to open a proper phone line for this. All right, here we go. Have a listen to this. Yeah, um, should there be a bank holiday for the Easter Rising in 2016, seeing as there's one for the Queen's Jubilee, surely this is only fair? 
Jim Alistair? Absolutely not. There's no comparison between the Diamond Jubilee of our sovereign uh, in the United Kingdom and some foreign grubby failed rebellion a uh, hundred years ago in some other place. Uh, uh, so there's nothing to celebrate about that other than its well, failure. Well, not for you, maybe, but other maybe for Jerry Kelly. You know, if they want to celebrate it, celebrate it, if that's the right word, in the Republic of Ireland where it happened, uh, not in Northern Ireland. You already celebrate something that happened in a foreign country called the Battle of the Boyne. <laughs> Thanks for sending that on to me, Eddie. That's the audio version. You can see the actual video version of that online. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now. 0818-104-106. Red FM. Free Food Friday, courtesy of ourselves and Roosters, Piri Piri, Blackpool Retail Park and Douglas. Morning to everybody at Horgan's Garage in Kerry Pike. Little Island Dental Surgery are listening. Rockwell Engineering are listening as well in Claheen. They'd love lunch, so would everybody at the Dean Hotel. O'Sullivan Pharmacy in Grange. Merview Laboratories in Watergrass Hill. Pepsi in uh, Carrigaline. Argos in Maham Point. House of Hearing can sail. Morning to Sandra. Tiny Mechanical Repairs in Ballycarine are listening. Balancolic Tesco Home Delivery Drivers working away today. Would love some roosters. The K Paul, a fishing boat fishing out of y'all. Morning to the crew and the skipper there. Stonemasons.ie, building a stone wall in Mitchellstown. It's the kind of thing they do. The Lockhair Studio would love some food. Morning to all of the girls there. Quinlan's Motor Factors in Dennehy's Cross. Myself, Pa, and all of the lads in Dasher and Little Island. It would go down very well today. The roosters, Piri Piri, they tell me. Little Hands, Childcare and Redemption Road in Blackpool. Kevin O'Leary's in Silver Springs. Uh, boxed self-storage on the Monaghan Road. Morning to all of the team, including a good pal of mine down there. Vincent, the complete upholstery Centre and Foam Services on Barrack Street, uh, the staff at Glen Heights Pharmacy, and just a few more. Brooks Timber on the Tremor Road would love it today. Be a great start to their weekend. They're a great business and of great staff. And to, to the ravenous gang at the Cope Transport in Montanotti, listening to you this morning describing the food, Neil. That's Sean, Eileen, Noel, and all of the gang. And a final one to Premed Fabrication on the Palladuff Road, who'd love lunch. So it could feed up to 15 of you, maybe more, courtesy of ourselves, and Roosters, Piri Piri, Douglas, and Blackpool retail park so we'll do the next bunch of shout outs in about half an hour's time now going back to yesterday when I ran out of time on the air and I was talking with uh, Pori Keane who got the Dole logo uh, tattooed onto the side of his face onto his left cheek the Department of Social Protection logo and we were chatting then not just with himself but the man who actually did it Eric Moore who was the tattoo artist that did it now apparently Pori is an apprentice of Eric Moore. We had a great chat with him yesterday. We were chatting about chatting about tattoos and he made some really interesting points about being judged by people. If you're listening yesterday, you recall Eric saying that recently enough even he was followed around a shop because of the fact that he had a tattoo on his on his I could know what part of the body it was. I'll ask him. Probably his face. Um uh, and followed around the shop because they, I suppose they identified him as being a possible shoplifter. So I ran out of time yesterday, but Eric, good morning. How are you, Neil? Oh, good, thanks. I just wanted to finish the conversation. But what, what I really want to do for you is read some of the comments that we got from people on it to see what you think of it, right? So yeah, we, of we posted this online then, um, having chatted to you about being treated differently because of your appearance. You said that yourself and your wife, heavily tattooed, were in a store recently, followed by security because of your extensive inking. Uh, and we were asking people, are they treated differently? Um, I, and, and one or two is quite interesting. Uh, I have lots of tattoos. I do notice people staring at times 
which I don't mind at all. I recently had a conversation with two of my friends and they both said if they didn't know me, they would have prejudged me because of the tattoos. I've never been discriminated against, but there is definitely a prejudice against people with tattoos and it's really sad. Uh, One other one, I have tattoos and my husband has tattoos. Not many, but what do people think of people with tattoos? Drink, bikers and drugs. If you go for a job and they see you have tattoos, it's like, don't judge the book by the cover, but it's exactly what they do. They associate tattoos with drink, bikers and drugs. What do you think of those two? That is, you know what, that is very true. Um, I know a lot of people, I know people have judged me on my appearance um, and then got to know me and they were like, geez, I'm so sorry that like I had this idea of you and it was completely wrong. Um, to go, like, there is employers that do embrace tattoos, but there's also employers that don't. I know people that went for interviews and were told no and then were hired when at a later point and then like their opinion of those people's people completely changed because they got to know them and they're they're, they're not criminals they you know they're just everyday they're people not, that they're not they're not potentially themselves. angry people they're not muggers yeah. they're not druggies they're not going to beat you up or rob you exactly yeah like um, there's a big difference between people with tattoos and tattooed people like tattooed people are really kind of more like hands neck face that are constantly visible and then you have people with tattoos that are like limbs and you know torso and stuff like that can be easily hidden um but for people that have tattoos like faces and hands like there was a lot of negative negative like vile comments on the post from yesterday um on the the sun and the independence was there now really there was and like i would say 90 percent 99 percent of the comments on it were absolutely vile. Okay, well, like, but can you generalise how bad they were? In what way? Oh, they were saying that, you know, people were like, oh, it's his life, he's ruined it, he's, you know, he's, what, what, there was one that was said, oh, he pinned his flag to his face, um, or oh, what kind of carry-on is this? There was even one that said, man, that, you know, that he'd probably kill himself, um, which is absolutely vile. But the vast majority he's a, of those he's a, he's people a, that are he's, a, he's, a, he's a, an apprentice tattoo artist. He's following a trade. He's working. Yeah, he is. And he's very good at it as well. So he has a future in it. Are they brain dead um, like? This is a young fellow who's trying, to, these, proce- these trying to proceed in a profession. Exactly. These people don't know his mental state. Right? Now, his mental state is actually fine. Not a bother. But... There is the opposite side of it where it could be somebody that's mental health, that their mental health wasn't good. Yeah. And these people are essentially bullying online. And it's shocking. Now, the majority of people, you know, they were brave. They said it online. They pass you in the street. They're still thinking the same thing, but they don't say it. You know, when you talk about the workplace, I imagine that it would be very tolerated going for a job in the creative arts, wouldn't it? That wouldn't be an issue. In creative for some... arts, it would. And even in the bar, the bar trade and stuff like that, because there's a lot of bars that are kind of pushing towards the alternative side. They totally, kinda, yeah. They kind of more look for people that are that little bit alternative as well. Um, 
but regards to like employers it probably would be more of a desk job thing whether or maybe possibly retail but not in not in hospitality not in creative arts you wouldn't get a like this is an interesting text here from a fellow who says um, I have piercings and when I was interviewed at a five star hotel for a senior chef position the HR lady couldn't stop staring not at me but the holes in my ears um, do, doesn't actually say whether he or she got the job at all but do you see what I mean? They, like it's, I do. Right? This, that is actually part of our history. If you go into the National History Museum in Dublin, you're going to see the tools that, was used, that were used in the Bronze Age to stretch lobes. You know, that, that is part of our history. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, Ryanair, somebody says, doesn't allow people with tattoos and I think piercing also to apply as cabin crew. Um, but we did check that out and apparently it's kind of half right. Um, as long as they can be easily concealed by the uniform, there's no restriction on the number of tattoos. So you can have them as long as you're working with Ryanair, as long as they can't be seen. You've got to wonder why. Yeah. Well, I had, uh, I actually had a client who worked for, I won't, I won't say the name of the, the airline, um, but they told her that cabin pressure affects tattoos and stuff like this. You know, it's a grey area. It might, it might not. There's, there's actually no proof. But they were like, oh, yeah, we'll just pay for you to have your tattoos removed, which they did. She was like, she needed a job. And she was like, oh, okay. So she got her tattoos removed, um, paid by the, the airline. And um, I don't see the point. And, like, you know, it wasn't visible. It was on the upper shoulder. It would have been covered. But they just didn't want her having a tattoo. Mm-hmm. I thought uh, people, another one here, I thought really thought people would be more open-minded at this stage. Our neighbor's son was covered in tattoos from head to toe and he's a huge animal lover. And my mom and him used to have fierce conversations. One day, someone actually stopped to see if my mom was all right. Let's just say they never stopped again. She took more offense to it than our neighbor's son did. She didn't judge people, nor do I, live and let live. You you can kind of see what's being said here. Somebody stopped to see if she was okay. Yeah. That, what, was she in kind of some kind of danger talking to a young fella covered in head to toe with tattoos? There was an incident with myself. I was out, I was out in um, Duns in Douglas. This is going back maybe two years ago. And I was inside in the queue for the hot counter. And there was an elderly lady in front of me. And um, I was standing in the queue and then her daughter came up behind her and was like, oh, mom, watch your bag. There's a man behind you. And then just like, what, what, what's going on? Like, and it was because I have face tattoos. I, I do kind of have the bikery look about me. I'm a, I'm a, a robust fella. I have a beard, you know, and it, I'm not even going to lie, but I had a bit of a cry about that now because I was so upset. I can imagine. I was judged surely on my appearance just like that. So like you were not being judged for. in that incident because you were a man. You were being no. judged because of your tattoos. Yeah. Because because of my chosen appearance, I did choose this. You know, I chose to get my face tattooed. I chose to get my hands tattooed. That was my choice. But the way but is it worth it, though, Eric? Is it worth it if you're having incidents like this? Well, like with every tattoo, I feel more like myself. No, I'm not going to go to the extremes and get my whole face tattooed. Like I'm, I'm done with my face now. You know, I have one over my eye. I have one on my left cheek. And you know, I like I had a receding hairline since I was 16, so I was like, I can either tattoo the corners of my hair, or I can get hair transplants. I was like, fuck it. Sorry, excuse me. Mm, so okay. I was like, oh, um, we will, um, we we'll tattoo it. It's cheaper. And no, like, but I'm saying if tattoos. you're being followed by security staff and people are thinking you're going to rob their mother in a supermarket, you know that kind of stupid stuff. 
Is it worth it? Yeah. No. Well, that it no, that's their problem um, because they judge people. And like, we're, it's 2023. We shouldn't be judging people on their appearance. I have a story actually to share before I let you go. It's, it's not my story, it's my wife's story. This is years and years ago. My son was very small. He was tiny. He was only a few months old, I think. And it was a very wet day and she was walking along the road with him in her arms and it was teeming down with rain. Um, and uh, she was going to the Mercy Hospital and some young fella came along and he was wearing a trackie and a hoodie and everything and his arms were bare and he had tattoos on both arms and everything. And he came up behind her, uh, and she got a little bit, you know, she kind of got a bit of a bit of a, a bit of a fright. Uh, but he had an umbrella, and he says to her, "Come here, girl. Do you want me to walk with you?" She put he put the umbrella over her head, walked her all the way to the mercy, um, and then left her there. Right, and it's just as she was going in the door of the mercy, having this young fella brought her there with his umbrella probably looked dodgy but turned out to be a really nice young fella um, she was just going in the door of the mercy and some big consultant type guy in a suit right barreled in his three piece suit and a big coat on him barreled past her pushed through the front doors and the door slammed in her face with a small two month old baby outside it what does that tell you about society and how we judge people do you know what it's it, from what I see. It's the people that express themselves through their appearance, and you know they dress differently. They're they're generally the nicer people because they understand how people are treated in the community, and they just they're they have more of from what I see. They have a fuller heart. Yeah, but it just tells you you shouldn't judge people on their appearance, yeah. I suppose. Like we're we're a relatively new studio here, at Field Inc, and we are actively trying to change the stigma towards tattoos. Um, through you know, social media and stuff like that, like we do a lot of videos, and we're trying we're trying to show the more artistic, softer side of tattooing because it is artistic. Now, going back 30, 40 years ago, it was the whole drink, drugs, biker, dockers you know, as well. Dockers TV. primarily had tattoos. Yeah, um, but it, it's not like that anymore. Um, it's edging towards you know it's it's a very surgical skill to be quite honest because essentially it's a small medical procedure. I know but it, but we do um, come back to the point that if somebody in their 20s gets a face tattoo like say for instance the Dole logo will they yeah. still want it when they're 40 or 50 or 60 you know what I mean look you'd never know um, but he did put a lot of a lot of time into thinking about it so I did send him away but it is his body and his choice, and you know you can go back to that regards to regards to a lot of things, a lot of procedures and stuff. Their body, their choice. Yeah. And if that's yeah. what they want to do, whether they regret it or not, because I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that did do things in the past, tattoo related and untattoo related, that do regret stuff. You can get them removed though, anyway, can't you? We do. We oh, gave yeah, away we can, gave away a prize, some prizes for that a few weeks back, where you can just get them yeah, lasered off. Yeah, and age, the the laser is much better than it was five years ago. There's less chances of scarring. There's less chances of blistering, which is great. But still, you know, you want to, you do want to make sure that person has made the right choice for them. Yeah, and you know, I have tattoos that I got when I was twenty that you know they're not in any way bad tattoos. They just don't fit my personality now, um, which I do regret, but. That's just, just my own opinion on it. Yeah, you regret some of them, but you are leaving them there, are you? I am, because it's part of my history. It's part of your journey, that's, I suppose, yeah. yeah. It is. It's, you know, that's the journey, and John's going to leave them there, and I can look back and I have fond memories about them. And, um, yeah, I'm happy. I'm happy with them. I might regret them, 
but I'm, I'm still I'm still happy with okay. it. Okay. Um, it's much more regulated now, though, is it? The tattoo industry, um, it's much safer and, and cleaner and more it clinical and surgically. Safer, okay. um, with regards to tattoo studios, but like I heard that there was a charity shop selling a tattoo machine, which I don't agree with whatsoever. I do feel like the Irish government should regulate tattooing um, and only have supplies available to actual studios maybe make sure the studios are registered now or something like that. Yeah, because you are going into the blood, like there's no, there's, you don't need a license for it, no? Uh, no, there's, there, you can man, you can set up in your kitchen if you want. That It's that unregulated. Wow, you know, it's like, it's like dermal fillers, isn't it? And the cheap fillers that are being imported from China, and they've got all sorts of muck in them, like silicone, and like dermal fillers are being um, administered now by people with no courses or no qualifications. Which which is dangerous, you know. With all respect, like any bit of mod- body modification, um, permanent makeup stuff like that, man, it, it should all be regulated. Yeah, yeah. To, to be safe for people, so that when people know they're getting a tattoo, they're getting a good quality tattoo. Or if they're getting fillers, they're getting good quality fillers, and there's no possibility of you know something going wrong. No, obviously, when you're breaking the skin, there is always the possibility that look, there might be infection due to you know, wrong aftercare or something like that. But like, you have less of a possibility of that happening if you go to an actual artist yeah. in a studio yeah. that will supply you with an aftercare sheet and that they're there majority of them 24 hours. If you need to drop them a message, if you have a problem. Like yeah, and if you go into somewhere, if you want, yeah, if you can get onto them by social media after, but you, if you go into a place and it looks grotty or dodgy, get out. Yeah, exactly. Like you walk in the door, you want to be hit with the strong smell of like Dettol or some something clean. You know, you don't want to be walking in the door and you can there's there's no reinforcing smell of hygiene. Yeah. You you want that smell of hygiene to make you feel more at ease, like, okay, this place is clean now, you know. Yeah. Because that's your first impression when you walk through the door, you get a smell. And like a lot of people would would associate that with them with, with hygiene. Totally. You're a gent. Feel good ink in Academy Street. Before I let you go, Eric, uh, I got Clara online too. Clara, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? Now I'm good. Have a great long weekend. But before that, tell us this lovely story about Eric. So my mum uh, got an excessomy done and she wanted to come. She got what? An excessomy. What's that? When she got, she so she had cancer and she had to get her breast removed. Oh, a mastectomy. So it's a bad phone. Line. My yeah. apologies. A mastectomy. Okay, go ahead. So, um, so she reached out to Eric as she wanted to get it covered with a tattoo. And Eric said that he would do it for free for her. And she was so happy with it, she couldn't believe it. And she just went out to him and brought him out a load of treats in return. <laughs> she was really happy with it. What did she get tattooed? Um, it was like, a, I think it was lilies, I think. Oh, over that's, the scar. It's so lovely. Do you recall that, Eric? Uh, I do indeed. That's Orla. Um, Orla was actually, she was friends with my, with my mom and my aunt growing up um, and that one was actually quite close to my heart because my aunt um, they're all kind of a similar age my aunt actually passed away um, from cancer and um, that one was quite close to my heart actually and and uh, yeah I kind of get a little bit emotional that is a lovely thing to do that's so nice Clara I'm delighted you told us about that is your, your mum loves it yeah she loves it she's so happy with it does that do people do that? Uh, I wonder with regards to operational scars and things like that, Eric, that they would cover them with a tattoo um, like I that. Do, I do 
I do quite a bit. Um, I don't really put it on my social media and like that because obviously I don't want publicity from it. Um, because I'm doing it to give back. Like I do a lot of tattoos for a lot of people, and sometimes you know it, it's nice just to give back, and that's what I do. Um, like yeah. I, don't, I don't really want to get into it too much. Cause not I'm at there, all, man. But it's another example of not judging the book by their cover. Fair play to Eric. Exactly, and I'm very, very grateful for Clara Papanai. And um, so am I, Clara. So that's so lovely. Thanks for sharing no that story. Problem. Regards Thank to you, you and your mom. Have a great weekend. Thank you, you too. Bye. Listen, Eric, you're a gent. Um, look after yourself and long may you prosper. Thanks for taking the call, all right? Thanks very much, Neil. Cheers, pal. Cheers. Take care. Good He's luck. got uh, Feel Good Inc. on Academy Street. Text 0868 uh, I have lots of tattoos. I do notice people staring at times, which I don't mind at all. I recently had a conversation with two of my friends and they both said if they didn't know me, they would have prejudged me because of the tattoos. Never been discriminated against, but definitely still there a prejudice exists against people with tattoos. And I find that sad. Thanks to everybody who got in touch. Uh, keep those texts coming. Text 0868 Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818-104-106. Cork's Red FM. Lots of texts this morning on all sorts of different topics, including Mary's text. We're telling you the story about the young fellow with the umbrella at the Mercy Hospital a few minutes ago. And she says, did the young man actually sound the same way as Neil portrayed his accent? Or is that Neil's impression of him, says Mary? Well, to, it's a straightforward question. To answer it, no, that's exactly how he spoke. Uh, so I'm not giving an impression of, well, I am giving an impression of how he spoke, but that was his accent. And nothing wrong with a strong Cork accent, can I say that? Let me give you another example, though, of discrimination or indeed humiliation. This will shock you when you hear the amount of effort and work that Billy Corcoran at the age of 79 puts in caring for family members, including his profoundly disabled daughter. Now, Billy Corcoran is 79. He's a former dock worker and a veteran of the Defence Forces. I had hoped to talk to him yesterday. That was my bad. I didn't get the time to do so. My apologies to Billy for that. But his story makes the echo this morning. So he's 79 years old. He's a granddad. He's the sole carer for his profoundly disabled daughter. And he has been, he's describing the humiliation that he felt applying for a supplementary welfare payment to cover the repair of their broken down dryer and the humiliation that he went through. And it is a form of discrimination when you see what has been given to others. A lot of the time it beggars belief and how quickly things can be given to others without any questions or need of paperwork or proof. You know exactly the different kind of cases I'm talking about. You know, some people, even when they've been given a public authority house or what have you, some individuals actually get checks for substantial amounts of money to help them to furnish or to kit out kitchens and things like that. And there's very little questions asked about that. But yet when a grandfather is looking for a few bob to repair a dryer, of course, it's like as if he's asking uh, for a private audience with the Pope and the paperwork and the paperwork involved in it. So he's a retired dock worker, defence workers veteran. A story in the Echo this morning says he's from the Glen, cares for his 43-year-old daughter, Amanda, who has cerebral palsy. And one of the side effects of the cerebral palsy is incontinence, right? And he's telling the story openly and honestly in the paper today and sharing things that were just known to family. So her bedclothes need constant changing. So the washing machine and the dryer are on the go nonstop. And he spent an awful lot of money up until now repairing this. The dryer packed in me, he said. I had a fella call out and repair it, and that cost me €170. His daughter, um, he also has a 27-year-old granddaughter who recently had a baby who's also living in his house. So you can well imagine... 
The reason she's there, incidentally, is because of the shocking, scandalous housing crisis. She can't find a place of her own. So, obviously, Grandad's going to take her in and look after her because that's the kind of guy he is. So, anyway, the laundry is usually very, very high. Um, and he says it could be shoulder high, particularly with regards to his... Uh, uh, being the carer of his profoundly disabled daughter. Uh, on another occasion then, he paid €70 Euro to get it fixed. And there's a bearing going, and it will go at any minute. So this dryer really is exhausted with the work that has been done. So he applied for a uh, a little grant to help to fix the dryer um, with uh, the Department of Social Protection. And he said the form filling is just so overly complicated and so much of it. He says, I have no problem filling in forms, but it says things like, please produce a letter from your GP. It says things like, please produce three months bank statements. All of this kind of nonsense, when it would be clearly known by one department to the other that his daughter is profoundly disabled, that his daughter does have cerebral palsy. The state services would know that, right? They should know that. So he shouldn't have to do this in the first place. He should just get help. He says, you got to wait three weeks for a GP appointment. Um, he says, and of course, that will cost even more money to get the GP appointment, to get the letter. He says, being a carer is a tough, bloody job. He says, I'm a widower, I'm a widower on a widower's pension. So therefore, I'm only entitled to half carer's allowance of 127 euro. I spend 100 euro a week heating the house and the electricity is 40 on top of that. He says, I worked hard all my life. I worked 30 years as a docker. I served my country with the 36th Battalion at the Battle of Tunnel in the Congo in 1961 when we lost nine guys, three of them Irish soldiers. He says, um, I don't think, I don't need charity from anyone. I just wanted help when I was in trouble with my dryer. And it would be nice if you were treated with a small bit of humanity by the country that you love. Carers are very badly treated in this country because we save the government millions upon millions. If for one day every carer in Ireland brought a person they cared for into A&E, the country would collapse. Now, the Echo also went on to say that the Department of Social Protection was contacted for comment. I mean, I got so angry when I heard that story, the discrimination against that man and indeed his daughter and his granddaughter, actually, the discrimination regarding the housing crisis and the humiliation that he's being put through for a few bob to fix a dryer which is on the go all the time. I know, guys, I know that people will be getting in touch with me now offering to replace the dryer. And if Billy wants that to happen... So be it. Um, I'm not suggesting it because he's a private man in many regards and is not looking for charity. But isn't that humiliating and discriminating? Um, and isn't it an example of um, you know how people are treated in their own country when they need help the most and only a small amount of money? Imagine if you're a carer, though, you can relate to that. Text 0868-104-106. Call Neil Prenderville now on 0818-104-106. Red FM. On a free food Friday for Roosters, Perry Perry, Douglas and Blackpool Retail Park. And as promised, uh, another big bunch of shout outs. So this will feed 15 people. So you need to text who you are and where you are to 868 0868- 104, 106, and Red Patrollers will be delivering all of the food, the main events, the starters, the sides, and build your own cheesecake desserts for at least 15 of you this lunchtime. So good morning to everybody at Crazy Monkey Skate Shop in Douglas, to all of the staff working in Dunn Stores, and all of my colleagues, who are in Caroline, that's Dunn's in Carrigaline, to Cullen View Interiors in Riverstick, to the Ladybird staff in the CUH, and particularly the team that are looking after my son Milo, who's four months old and has been in and out of there since he was six weeks old. The care is accepted 
reception of the staff for so kind and are amazing. They deserve so much. Can't mention everybody by name, but the whole team at the Ladybird staff in the CUH department. The Agency and Operations Department of Doyle Shipping in Cove are listening. Quick fix property maintenance in Douglas. AOC Commercials in Carrick Tool would love roosters to get them into the long weekend buzz and get the lads working in the workshop to get the truck back on the road for the Easter weekend. To Ross and Martin and the gang at Ready Mix Trucks at RPC Haulage in Granada, Heart and Vascular Department of the Matter Private, Keto Products, and they wish us all a happy weekend. Honey Brown's hair in Balancholic, the staff at Union Hall, Smoked Fisher listening, Foley's Plumbing in Toker, St. Francis Unit at St. Mary's Health Campus in Gronabraher, Modern Tires finally on the South Link Road. Uh, they're always going the extra mile to help their customers get it. Extra mile, tires, Modern Tires, South Link Road. So we'll do another bunch of shout-outs in about half an hour's time. So text who you are and where you are to 0868 106 Just a quick call this side of 11. Christy, good morning. Hello. Christy, you have um, Thornhill Brothers in Skibbereen being Christy Thornhill, am I right? That's right, yeah. What did you make of the story that I read out about Billy and uh, his, his family and the dryer? Well... Say, I, I have two daughters with cerebral palsy myself. And while you were speaking there on the radio, my wife was upstairs changing the bed, uh, the clothes, because they were wet this morning. And that happens every second morning. I have, could go for a few mornings. So You can I relate to I, his story. I can relate to every, whatever thing that man was saying or what you were saying about that man. So I'll give him a brand new tumble dryer whatever he wants oh my god almighty that is astonishingly kind it it shouldn't surprise me the kindness of Cork people but it does every single time you are so so kind to reach out like that because it's touched your heart and your wife as well correct that's right yeah Yeah, it's happened every morning we have to do the same thing every day so we understand yeah unbelievably kind of you I've got Billy online too Billy good morning Good morning, Neil. Could I apologise to you first for yesterday? I am yeah. so sorry, yeah. and I hope I didn't come across as being rude by not calling you back. I just didn't. No, have, no. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry about no, that. No, no, there's, there's, there's no problem. Okay. There's okay. no problem. Listen, um, I hope I have an opportunity to chat a bit with you after 11 o'clock if you're free. Yeah. But Thornhill yeah. Brothers and Skibbereen want to give you yeah. a brand new dryer. You're not looking for charity, however, but please take this, will you? Well, the, the the situation is that it it, it it it's appreciated without a doubt, Neil. You know. Yeah. But um, you know, we shouldn't have to do that. You in shouldn't. This, in this day no. and age, you know. And and I I'd, lo- I'd love to talk to you after eleven about this because yeah. your story has touched so many people's hearts, including mm-hmm. Christy. So, do take it. You know, take it, Bill. Yeah, yeah, I'd appreciate it. Yes. Christy, it's so kind of you, Don Skibway, to give him that. It really and truly that is. is no, we'll, de- we'll deliver one and all to him for him. Unbelievable. And yeah, listen... No, no, if you, yeah, if you uh, get in contact and give his address to us and we'll get it up to him. Yeah, because you can, you can appreciate what he is going through uh, on yeah. a daily basis. It's hard work. It's a labour of love, just like yourself and your good wife, right? Correct, yeah. Christy, thank you so much for that. that. You're very that's kind. That's Thank, Thank you so much. much. And I would encourage anybody down Skibbereen Way to support Thornhill Brothers and Skibbereen because it's a very kind gesture. Billy, hang in there. I just want to chat with you after 11, okay? 
No bother, Neil. Okay, thank you so You're much. You're a great bit of stuff. Talk after 11. Thanks for that. Text 0868104106. There you have it. The kindness of Cork people. I'm Lana O'Connor. Red FM News is first for local, national and international news. And you can stay up to date by tuning into our hourly news bulletins or by clicking on redfm.ie. Free Food Friday, courtesy of ourselves and Roosters, Piri Piri, Douglas and Blackpool Retail Park. One more shout out and then we'll pick winners just before midday. So text who you are and where you are to 0868 104 106. Billy Corcoran, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? I'm grand. It's, it's one of those stories that really annoyed me and made me really angry when I read of the humiliation you were put through. You know the way one of those just comes out and you just scream in rage and say, this should not yeah. be happening. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So the backstory to this, I tried to outline it myself before 11. Your daughter has profound disability as in uh, cerebral palsy, and it results, as we heard before 11, that one of the side, one of the consequences of this is incontinence. So you needed help, didn't you? Yeah, well, uh, yeah, yeah, and it, it, uh, it's just one of those things, you know, that, that, that happens, and uh, everybody, everybody and his dog has a dryer in the house, you know, and, um, you know, on what day is your dryer washing, but uh, it is kind of very essential for me with the with the changing of bed clothes and changing of clothes yeah. and stuff like that. So uh, and there would be constant uh, changing, much more so than yes. in, in an average family because of your daughter's yes. condition. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. And that's why I, I have home milk coming in twice twice a day, once in the morning to get her dressed and, and changed, and four o'clock to change her again. Then I change her at night before uh, my daughter would help do it with before ten o'clock. You know when she would go to bed. But the dryer packed up and I was in Blackpool and uh, I, I, I met a, an old friend that I walked in the docks with and he told me to, uh, you know, go up to store and have a look. And, uh, you know, they're pretty pricey, you know. So I, I rang, uh, uh, I own appliances about repair. Yeah. And they said, that, uh, that's grand, they'd send the guy out because they had been out last July to uh, to do a repair on this dryer as well. Right. And and they came out and and he fixed it now and he answered to us a hundred so hundred and seventy euros. So he the guy I met he told me look he said there's an exceptional needs payment that you'll be entitled to being a carer. So I was so glad he told you that. In fairness to Iona, yeah. you know they yeah. put you in yeah. the right direction. Yeah. yeah. Oh, without a doubt. So I I went I, I went in and and the first thing I I, I went I, I didn't know where I was going. I went head up to the very top of the building. Abbey Court House is it, Billy? Yeah, yeah, that's right. I wasn't even aware that that the social welfare had moved from an street, you know. George's and, key. And um, when the first thing I I met was a guy at the door who had a very little English, and he said to me, uh, "What do you want?" And I told him what I needed, so he gave me a number. So I went down and there was a couple of people in front of me and I had to wait and there was one boot open while there was maybe 10 people there waiting to go in and next to the second boot open. So I asked the guy, I said, is there a form I need to fill in before I go up to see this lady? And he said, no, he said, she will do all that with you. So when I went up to the counter, I I explained to the lady what was after happening and she said, yes, it's good that you had a... Called appliance at Iona because we do a lot of work with them. So I said, that's fine. So then she goes, gives me this form. It's called, it's an exceptional needs payment application. And she said, look, she said, fill that out. She said, I mean, get back to me. She said, then we should have words, we should have news uh, maybe in a few days. So when, when I looked at it, I, I said, so you, you must be joking me. I said, I said oh, how will I get all these conditions to get all these done? 
and back to you straight away while the washing is piling up. Well, she says, that's just the rule. Mm. So I, I, I said, like, when you're claiming um, exceptional needs payment, you have to have a note from your doctor explaining the condition of the illness. Now, you know how hard it is to get an appointment with your doctor oh, yeah. COVID. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's nearly impossible. Yeah. And then the section was that three months back state bank statements for all accounts held by you or who's ever living in the house and a copy of your last three pay slips. You know? And did no. she she that, that staff member who clearly must remain yeah. anonymous, she knew what she want what you wanted, wasn't it? It was a few bucks for the dryer. Yeah, all I said is I said all I need is uh, just a bit of help towards the the um the, the repair of the dryer. No, I, I mean like I didn't want charity for normal. I didn't want that deep. You're, not, you're not looking uh, for charity. You you've worked no. all your life. Oh, but she said to me. She said. She said because uh, she said I am receiving carers allowance. I said yes. I said but because I'm on widower's pension. I said I'm only entitled to half carers. You don't get the full carers allowance if you're getting another state state payment. Yeah. You know, and so. She said, well, you have to tell you not to fill out all the forms. And, you know, I really felt humiliated at that stage, thinking that I'd have to go through so much just to get this once-off payment that I would need to have this done. So I just said, I swallowed my pride and just said thank you and walked out the door. And the guy came the following morning and repaired the dryer. And I, I just happened to have a few bob on me at the time. Later. So I paid him and that was it. And you gave him another seventy euro to fix it, and he says it's going to go again because yeah, there's another gave, bearing of problem. Yeah, with that. yeah. I, I gave I gave him a hundred I gave him a hundred and thirty euros, and he said that the bearing is going in it, and he said it might go tomorrow, or he said it might last a week, or it might last a month. So that's the situation that I found myself in. It's very humiliating, isn't it? Because we, I, I try to make people aware of your, your own story, ha, having worked yeah. all of your life, uh, 30 yeah. years on the, as a docker, served yeah. in the army back and went to the Congo yeah. in 61, served your yeah. country. Yeah, it, it's, a bit, it's, a, it's a bit hard when you, have to, when you have all these battery forms in front of you, you know, and, 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 and like you have to do so much. I mean, in this age of technology, you think they would have all that stuff now already on, on your file, you know, because totally. you can't get nothing over your PPS number, you know. Totally they would have all of that. Yeah. And as you said yourself in the Echo article, you're 79 and not internet savvy and, you know, not everybody no. would be. No, I, I, I have a smartphone, but that's about it, you know. But, you know, and, and, and you, you know, just to talk to people and maybe Facebook and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah Do you think no, the humanity it, is gone from society now, particularly when oh, people need... I don't think... I, I don't think, I think it's, humanity is there, but in the wrong places. Uh, I mean, guys, guys are making decisions and they really don't know what the hell is going on. You know, they really don't know. I mean, they, they're not living in the real world. I mean, when you look at the last budget, when carers and everybody has right across social welfare got 12 euros, in the same week, the, these TDs and politicians got five grand. I know what you're saying. Yeah, and actually, when I was yeah, doing yeah. the maths on it, I was looking at yeah. your half carers allowance of 127 yeah. a week. That's yeah. gone on uh, on heating and electric every week. It's yeah. gone. Because, yes, uh, as, I, as I told the guy, uh, it's 40 last week and 20 and 30. I mean, 100 euros went last week on heating alone. And I'm just coming to the end of my last 200 euros electricity uh, 
uh, free gift that he gave me, you know? That's right, yeah, yeah. And, and yeah. that's coming down now, so I'll be going back again. So I have to top up that every so often, but if maybe you, 40 euros a week. Yeah, but if you also thought of the amount of money that carers like yourself to family members, and you do it as a labour of love, but it's hard, the amount of oh, money that the going. state is being saved by, you know, family members being at home. Tough going. And, and the problem is, Neil, is that there is no place for... Uh, people in in the country anymore. You know, I mean, carers are doing their best. And I I often see things on on the internet there or courses for carers and this and courses to do that. Where do they get the time to do these courses? The only time I get a break here is at 10 o'clock at night when Mandy's in bed and I'm watching television. I know, I know. know. And that's about it, you know. It's it's a bit... It's the fact of filling in forms... And giving all these details that you have, and I mean, like they talk about privacy and stuff. You know, where do you go? Well, it's it is humiliating, isn't it? It, mm. it, it, it? It's almost as if you feel as you're begging for something. Well, know? that's that's, and that's then how a decision on your begging how, will be yeah, made. Yeah. You know, that's how I felt. That's how I felt. I, I felt as if I was I, I, I was just begging for something. You know, even though people said, "Oh, that's what you're entitled to." But you're entitled to nothing unless you apply for it. But then, you know, then you have all these forms in front of you and you're kind of reluctant to give some information you're reluctant to give anyone, you know? You know what's happening now is beginning to see an awful lot of texts from people who are comparing your scenario with others and they're not necessarily yeah. from here being given everything very quickly without any question or without any um, delays. Well, How does that make you feel? I, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't worry about that. Like I mean that's the situation that we find ourselves in. I mean, okay, we have a lot of homeless people uh, facing evictions this week and they have nowhere to go and I, I kinda of find it hard to stomach when you can house maybe seventy or eighty thousand people and then have not have maybe eleven thousand of our own on the streets. I mean it's it's a bit you know, it's a it's a bit kind of have to swallow, you know. When, there's fierce when inequity there. It. There's fierce inequality yeah, there. There really yeah, is. Yeah, it is. And I mean, there was no questions asked in respect of last um, Tuesday when I went in, into this social welfare office. There was two guys in front, three guys, two guys went up and they got checked straight away. And there was a poor guy who was in front of me who was telling me that he was out in his ear that night. And when he went up, she told him, oh, your payment might be in the office next week. And he asked, where am I going to go tonight? Oh, she says, surely the guys, you have family. That was it. That was yeah, it. And that was it. Like, you know, yeah. I mean, and everyone can hear your business, Neil. Really? Yeah, everyone can hear your business. So on top of sitting. everything, there isn't even privacy, <laughs> privacy on top of the humiliation. <laughs> yeah. Yes, this is the thing. There's no room that they take you into to explain what you're going on. Everyone knows what you're there for. This is the humiliating part about it. You know, you, you, like, you're... You're sitting in this place, there's a lady behind the screen and she's asking you questions and you have to kind of raise your voice to tell her, otherwise you'll have to stick your head under the grass, you know? You, 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 can't, you, can't, give, you can't give her any private, private answers or anything because everyone's listening. Well, I can imagine you having to tell somebody through the screen that your daughter, your 43-year-old daughter, yeah, yeah. has cerebral palsy, yeah. suffers from yeah, inconstancy yeah. and you need I, help with yeah. the washing because the dryer... That's very embarrassing. It's a bit embarrassing, yes, Neil. It's a bit it's embarrassing. It's private. But, uh, but I think these guys, these guys are immune to uh, people coming into them. I think like there is no excuses or there's, there's no nothing that they haven't heard before. I maybe I could say, you know. Do you, do you, I don't think this is exclusively 
a problem that you're suffering with. I would think there are other people who are carers at home have their own stories to oh, share, would you? Without, without, without a doubt, without a doubt. I mean, like, you know, uh, I don't think that people, uh, government are really aware of the situations carers find themselves in because uh, of the situations that's going on around the country. I, I mean, come on. I mean, there are people worse than me, Neil. There are people worse than me, you know, and I've, I've seen them and I've met them at, at Carers Association meetings with Peter Cox in, uh, who is in the, the Carers, Cox, Carers uh, Society there in um, where the Bishop Lucy Park. Well, I'd love to talk to, is it yeah. Peter Cox you said his name is, is it? Peter Cox, he's the, yeah, he's the, he, he's the top guy there. I'd love to talk to him if he'd come on the air yeah. on Monday and tell us how oh, hard it is for yeah. carers. But your oh, your story, for for obvious reasons now, that you've shared it, it's really touched the heart, my heart and others, and clearly, yeah. obviously, Christy and Thornhill yeah. Brothers and Skibbereen, because they also have a daughter with cerebral palsy. They also go right. through similar situations as you. Yeah. Well, they can, well, they can, they can, they can relate to what I'm saying. Totally, you know? totally. I mean, nobody, nobody can relate to the, the 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 problems of a carer unless you've been there, Neil. I mean, like my my wife, my my late wife got sick in 2006, and had an acquired brain injury, and for the last 10 years of her life, she was at home with me, and I cared for her. So I had two from 2006 to 2012. I was caring for two people. Man. And on top of that, there was two half carers. <laughs> and you're sure that's right about getting half carers? You're sure of that? Oh, yeah. Positive. Yeah. Said a caller said that they cared for their husband under a full state pension and they got full no. carers allowance. No, 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 no. It's there. I, I, can, I, can, I can show it to anyone in black and white. It's half carers allowance when you're on a state pension. When you're getting, in, uh, when you're getting a state payment... You're only entitled to half carers. I'm, sure I'm sure the carers association will bail that out. Does anybody ever from any government department or any source like that come and ask you, do you need any help of what you're doing? No, not at all. Nobody, nobody. You're, you're actually, like, carers, I think, are the forgotten community in Ireland, Neil. The people, like, we have this, this Minister for Disability, but, you know, like... My, my daughter's wheelchair at the moment is waiting for a handset to be replaced and because it's a power chair and she's waiting maybe next week it might be fixed. How long has she been waiting? Uh, two weeks, I'd say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. So, I mean, like, like I, it's, I, I'm not... I, I, there are worse off, you say. There are people worse off yeah. than me. Neither. But I think you make I a mean, very I'm interesting point in the echo where yeah. you say if every carer yeah. um, decided... Yeah. Um, that they yeah, just brought, yeah, yeah. you know, one day yeah, every carer in Ireland yeah. brought their person they're caring for to the A&E, you'd see what it would be yeah. like. I suggested one time at, at a carers association meeting that that, uh, that we would take that, that course of action I, and they said, what are we going to do? to hide? Well, I said, if everyone could bring their loved one to the A&E for one day and walk away and just leave the, the, the person there uh, you can imagine the chaos in the country. The place will come to a standstill. But then again, you see, you must remember that carers won't do that to no, their loved ones. No. They won't leave them in the care of anybody no, else. You know? No, no, you know, uh, But that's, that's just how it is, Neil. It's life, you know, so you get on with yeah, it. Yeah, but you no, shouldn't be no, going through this no. as a 79-year-old father and grandfather yeah. caring for his daughter and putting a roof yeah. over your granddaughter's house because of the housing crisis. You know, that's not the kind of Ireland no. you want to be living in your later life. Well, 
you know, when you think of the people that died for Ireland, you know, they must be turning in their graves now with the crowd that's running it, you know. Without a doubt, when we hear stories yeah, like yours. Yeah, but it is a labour of yeah. love for sure, though. It is a labour well, of without love. A doubt, without, without a doubt, you know, without this is this, this is this the this is just the life that is there now. So you just do the best you can and, and you know, once you open your eyes in the morning and you get a good morning Good morning, Dad. Or, or hello, how are you? This is the, this is all that's needed, you know. You are an incredible guy. You know that you really are. Yeah, uh, we do. We do the best we can. Well, fair that's play to you. I'm the, be- I'm the better for chatting do. with you. I know you really and, and are an and incredible you, guy. And you too. Well, we had some chats before because I'm the spokesperson for the Remember Cock Talkers. Oh, for God's sake, I was reticent to even ask you about your life on the docks because we'd be here all morning. <laughs> yes, but for, yes, 40 yes. years in the dockers, you have a lot of stories, I'd say, say what? Well, yeah, yeah, of course. And you met my, my, my friend, my friend Stevie Hogan, there was, he was a great friend. There was, he was a great guy. Stuff. Way, way yeah, back in the day, years and years ago, right? This oh, would be the back legend. end of the 70s. There was a pub called the Traveller's Rest on Parnell Place. Did you know That's it? correct, yeah. yeah. Oh, yes, the watering hole, yeah. I don't know if you ever had a pint there, but it was full oh, to the brim. Yeah. With Dockers. Always. And always, I remember always, the characters in always, there. And always, they were Timmy just, Tan. Do you remember Timmy them? Tan. Oh, yeah. Father and Boy, Timmy Tan, Clear the Harbour, Walk Alone, and all these guys. Yes, they all go back. That's why I put up a. I put up a uh, normally, what I do is uh, on the Facebook, I put up maybe a guy who's passed away. Like today, you know, we have Leo Larry up, another nice guy who passed away. Uh, yeah, but it's it's that's another part of life that's gone, you know. Yeah, we need to get a commemoration to the dockers down the keys. Well, though. yeah, well, oh, well, Canon Properties are, are the guys that are, that are behind us at the moment, but apparently there's an objection to their South Jetty's uh, plans going on, so we have to wait and see. What wait and goes. see, but at least they're willing and yeah. able and capable oh, of doing yeah, something for you. Yeah, Joe Keane is a great guy. Fair play. Well, it'll be a great day when that's unveiled. You know, we're going to get Michael Collins statue at the end of the year and hopefully the next one will be the Dockers. I hope I'm alive to see it, Neil, but God is good. I hope so too, Billy. It's lovely chatting with you again. Don't be and you, sir. Don't be a Have stranger, a all right? So on no, on the way too. to you is a brand new dryer from Thornhill Brothers and Skibbery. I appreciate that. So never mind all of that paperwork or all of that humiliation yeah. that they put you oh, through. I wouldn't go near I never go near them again, Neil. No. Never in life. I can understand why. I can understand. That's discrimination and humiliation. If oh. if if you're in need of a wa- if you're in need of a washing machine as well, just let me yeah. know, will you? Because that's not a problem nope. either. All right, Bill. No, but no, but appreciate that, Nile. Have a good day. You too, Billy. Good luck to you, nice and good luck to your beautiful daughter as well, Amanda. God bless. God bless. Thank you so Cheers. much. Bye bye. Get it off your chest. Text the Neil Brinderville Show now. 086-8104-106. Red FM. Make give an example of uh, how people respond. I'm just, I don't know why it is this story really has, has touched a nerve with me. Um, you have people who arrived last Monday into West Cork. By Friday, they had weekly job seekers payments. By Friday, they had medical cards. By Friday, they had bed and board paid for. I'm not blaming, say, few people, for, as an example, fleeing war. But we do have a two-tier system created by our government. All of the Ukrainian applications are fast-tracked. Irish applicants for welfare payments or medical cards are indeed, in the case of a few bob, to go towards the repair of a tumble dryer. They are put on long, long waiting lists that sometimes can take months and then they are possibly rejected. This is so, so wrong. That's a typical text to 0868104106. Uh, John, good morning. 
Why, why am I so angry that a man at 79 years of age would be discriminated and humiliated like this? Why am I... T- well, you're, you're right, because I'm angry, and I say everyone that listens to your station this morning is fuming, I'd say. Nothing seems to change here. We're talking about building statues to people that are long dead. It's the living, the modern-day people that are alive today, struggling with the billies of this world, who have to come on your show and, excuse the expression, prostitute themselves and other shows, Telling the whole of, of cartel private business because they're so exasperated, they're so downtrodden, they're so betrayed, left behind, that the Mihal Martins of uh, uh, these world and deliver actors had no idea what these people go through, like, and the money that they're earning, whatever. I tell you, a couple of years back there, uh, and it looks like to me that nothing changes, Neil. There was a, a, a man telling me that the lady he knew that the, her mother was doubly incontinent. And now, just like Billy's case, you can imagine what's involved there, right? And she was using so many incontinent pads, which she had to, right? That they actually questioned this over Nabby Courthouse. And you know what they made her do? They made her save up the whole uh, week's incontinent, incontinent pads and put them into a plastic bag and put them into a car, bring them over to Abbey Courthouse to get them weighed the way they could make sure that she was actually being true when she was saying she was going. Is that true, though? Is that true? That's 100% true. And you can check with Peter Cox and the Cairns Association. I'm going to hope to talk to Peter Cox on Monday to get some more stories. He'd back up that story. What did they think she was doing with the incontinence pads or the nappies? Like selling them or something or what? That will tell you how dehumanising the face of the HSE is and the social welfare. Uh, when it was all uh, cobbled together, it was supposed to be the face of humanity and that if you had any problems, you'd go and you'd be looked after. How many times over the years have I heard the word fight being used on your show here? But people come in with autistic children trying to access their child mental health uh, services, uh, scoliosis, unionist, autism, and the word that always comes out of their mouth then is, I had to fight for this, or we had to fight yeah, for that. But when you go over to these places, the first thing when you go through those doors, the words you should hear is, how can we help you? What can we do for you now? Not next week, not tomorrow, whatever. Not feeling oh goddamn but, that, but, but if that was the approach, though, doesn't it, uh, aren't they wide open then to being exploited and ripped off? Well, well, you see, obviously you have to have some rules. We know that. But it's just the way it is carried out. And as Billy said there, yeah, like uh, I went in with a friend of mine some years back there, like a minute, went upstairs with him. And I see the system, the way it works. Like, and the guy or girl next to you, like, can know every bit of your personal business. I mean, there's laws against data protection. And, and rightly so, Neil, right? Yes, you can be there pouring your heart and soul out your most private family yeah, business yeah. and there's another person listening to know all your business. You're there the for a side. very serious matter. You're not going into a, sh- a supermarket with a credit note now. You're in a place up at a counter for very, very serious private reasons. Yeah. But yeah, maybe I, I, the staff don't have a call on all of this. Maybe they have a protocol to follow and that there are systems and regulations in place and maybe the staff are as upset as us. Well, that's why, why very shortly in the road at the moment, actually, you live local councillors knocking on your doors who are representing the very parties now who are implementing, or should I say, not implementing the system properly, right? But they won't be long banging down your door now looking for a vote. And when they're gone, then you won't see them anymore. This whole system has to change. You can't have people being dehumanised like that, embarrassed like that, having to come to your good self here, yeah. and good people responding like the man that offered them the machine, yeah. right? I mean, that shouldn't have to happen. Yeah. 
Okay, well said, well said, well said. Thanks, John. Have a good weekend. Talk to you next week. Incidentally, if you're a carer or you do have a story to share, uh, do get in touch. And if there are areas of the story that you don't wish me to broadcast, just let me know. I won't give out personal or private details, but how tough is it? Are there other stories like the story of Billy Corcoran and his daughter? Uh, His granddaughter, of course, is a young girl who has moved in with him because she just cannot find anywhere to live. That in itself we know all too well. But do get in touch if you have your own carer's story. How hard it actually is and I hope to return to this on Tuesday's programme. So you can text 0868104106. You can email Neil at redfm.ie. I'm glad that Billy came on. It wasn't out of you know charity or anything and he wasn't looking for anything. It was just to he agreed to come on to highlight how difficult it can be, the humiliation that people have put through, the discrimination that exists, the them and us society that's been created here where others get things without question and yet in his situation and the life that he's led and the work that he's done all down through the years at his age that he would be exploited, humiliated and discriminated against in such a fashion. Um, I think of, you know, the Dockers of Cork going back 40 years ago and, you know, chatting with them about... I knew a lot of the Dockers back in the day because the city was my home uh, and I interacted with many people in there and got to meet people from all parts of walks of life. It shaped me into the person I am and my love of Cork. And, you know, right now... There was nothing more than I would love than get off the air at midday and to get down to Parnell Place and walk in the doors of the um, Traveller's Rest and sit and have a pint with those dockers of 40 years ago. Um, I don't know. I don't know if that makes me old or I don't know. Maybe I'm just reminiscing in my old age. But um, it would be just such a wonderful thing to be able to step back there again and, and meet those characters and hear those stories and the laughter and the, the cajoling and the winding up and the crack and the and the razzing. Back after the break. The Neil Prendeville Show on Cork's Red FM. Our phone lines remain open after midday. 0818-104-106. So carers, we will come back to carers on Tuesday's programme. Last bunch of shout-outs for Free Food Friday, courtesy of ourselves and Roosters, Perry, Perry, Douglas and Blackpool Retail Park. To all of the working crew at Irish Removers in Bishopstown, have a great weekend. Yourselves, guys, Joe Crowley Oils and Inna Shannon, TPN Cork and Independent Express Cargos would be a nice way to round off the week and a nice way to kick off the bank holiday weekend, they say. Right Price Tiles and Balancholic would love the Easter treat. Power Aggregates are listening in Carrick Tool. The Lads in the Way and Dispense in Janssen like to win this week. It's uh, Pa's last day. He's jetting off on his honeymoon to the Caribbean uh, with his uh, new husband Josh for a month. A month in the Caribbean. They say, we won't miss you, Pa. <laughs> All of the lads in Inform Nutrition and Watergrass Hill, Architectural and Metal Systems in Little Island. Uh, would love some TLC this morning. Good God, I was down in Little Island during the week. I was down around the range and places like that. God, it was fine getting down there, but trying to get out of, if you try to get out of Little Island at half past four, and like a Tuesday afternoon. It took nearly an hour. It was insane. Our, our, our Amina Connect in Blackpool, 24-7 contact centre. Morning to you all. To everybody at the transport team at National Seaways in the Port of Tivoli. To everybody at the Heron Cafe in Fromoy. Um, Stable Yard Cafe in Blarney Castle are listening. I bet you they're going to have a busy, busy weekend. Level 2 with the Vic in the South Infirmary Hospital. Curie's BMW in Little Island. Particularly the Motorad Workshop. Er, go on, give us a motorbike for the weekend. Uh, Tiles are us in the Blackpool Retail Park. Morning to John Zor and Davey and Helen and Johnny and Richard and Eddie. If they won, they'd share it with the unit next door. And finally, for now, Condellan Construction working in the CUH. So we will pick a winner in a few minutes' time. I promise you that. And Red Patrollers will deliver. It'll feed at least 15 of you, possibly more. 
courtesy of ourselves in Roosters, Perry Perry, uh, Douglas and Blackpool Retail Park. To all other business, I'll come back to it again on Tuesday. But one or two final things that I want to do. We touched base with uh, Kinsale this morning and Pipers. That's how I started the programme. Uh, a lot of texts have been coming in on this. And, she- and of course, uh, Seamus did the Vox. We'll be in touch with the with the county manager's office a little later on this morning to see if there's any way, shape or form they can see right and help out the pipers so that they don't have to put in this crazy bond and that the Marys can be in Kinsale again this summertime. So hopefully there'll be some news on that. Cross your fingers. I don't know how that one will play out. Uh, but I want to get one more thought from Kinsale, including Tommy. Tommy, good morning. Morning, Eagle. So, how are you? I'm good, my man. You're a 72-year-old man, born and bred in Kinsale. Hey, Generations of the family there. It is a couple of hundred years going back to you, yeah. Uh, I remember Piper, the old uh, grandfather, uh, Billy, old Billy Piper, going there with my uh, my mother, like when I was a young kid, like. So, I think there's a disgrace what's happening in you now, moving them like that. Say, like. was it always in the same spot? It was always in the same spot as far as I can remember. In the, in the winter time, then old Billy Piper, he then. Um, He'd open he'd, he'd, uh, premises up there where he used to keep the wagon. And he would open there with the bingo, my mother, and then we'd go in there, they'd play bingo for the winter, like. Yeah. So, like, he, I mean, he, he, he'd done a lot for Kingsley, like, like you know, the Dex family, like, into them. You're probably talking you about know, Brendan Piper's grandfather, then, are you? That's right, yeah, old Billy, old Billy, yeah. To be his grandfather, uh, old Billy, yeah. And tell me this, has Kinsale has Kin- changed greatly? It has, yes. It has changed an awful lot. They are going back to say 20 years or 30. Um, didn't like the Kingsfield that I remember it. Like, there's a lot of there's a, there's a, there's a certain people in Kingsfield now and they're pulling the shots, like, you know. Are they the blow-ins they talk about? How much do you want to tell yeah, me about well, them? Yeah, well, I didn't want to go too strong, though. They, they, they All right, well, tell me what them. you're comfortable with. Well, I mean, they, they were described as blow-ins, like... You know, it is coming to a point like you lose your patience. Now you have to call them that, like because they um, take the right away. You will be going to be talking all day about Kingsley. You take the right away. They come in, they build the house, and the right away is tuck over that chase out of it. If you try to get the, through that, they, they, their entrance or the, so they say their entrance and all this. Like uh, I mean, there's a lot of lot of lot of stuff going on in Kingsley. That's not highlighted, like mm, you know. Mm. Because it is so beautiful, it's 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 no wonder people are attracted to want to live there. It is, yeah, but it, it is, it is uh, and the other end is very expensive now, like yeah, you know. Yeah. But, um, yeah, yeah. So you were there. Um, you were, you remember the Kinsale of obviously sixty five, seventy years ago, um, and generations before you. Were they were they at sea? Did they fish or what did they all they do? They were, yeah. All my grandfather and the. the they were all at sea, like I was, I was fishing myself. And um, we used to fish salmon, fishing silly rocks down there, down below the Spaniard there, like, you know. And the goods and, then, Jim Good and the family before him had the big grain merchant and the key there and everything. That's and right, yeah. Big that's huge right, business yeah, there, right. and you had Actons and the Trident and all of that, right? You had Actons there before the Trident was there, like, um, the Trident there, that's where the, the, the coal boats used to come in there, like, um, they used to unload the, the, the coal down there. I know. The Trident is now like yeah, in... Yeah. Um, you don't remember the Mickey current. the Grunters there out, out on the quay, do you? 
Mickey, the the the, for the, the burger uh, yeah. coach. Yeah. Oh, Mickey Gillen. <laughs> yeah. I don't yeah, know what his surname was. We used to know him as Mickey the Grunter. Jeez, he had a fantastic burger. He did. <laughs> he had nice burgers. Uh, Big fat could, burgers uh, with loads of onions on top of them. And you, oh man. Every, everyone, everyone remembers Mickey. Like, you know, like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know would he be allowed uh, there now if he was still around the way things are going on oh in definitely not definitely not the way things is now like I'd say not too much red tape now like and it's a shame isn't it this is a disgrace it's just wicked like yeah you yeah. know like I mean like like we see salmon I'll give an example we'd be salmon fishing like there'd be 14 boats there and my uncle owned it where uh, the fishy fishy is there then like you know yeah and that's where we keep our fish, but there was no such thing as a refrigerator or anything like that. Like, it's just an ordinary box, like, keeping the fish there for 24 hours, like, and there'd be none of that allowed today, you know, like, you know. But I wish to God they'd allow Piper's Fun Fair and the Merrys, wouldn't you? Oh, definitely. I mean, so that's what it's all about, like, you know, it's just, it's just, it's just I don't know, like... Why do you think they don't it? want it there, though? They just, they just... The, 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 the locals want them there, like so just a bit, a bit. Some of the business people, like say, like from what I gather, like I know, I know, I know. They, I, hope, um, I hope it can get reversed. You know, they, uh, they, are calling the shots now, like really, and yeah. the, when they put the tarmac down there, I think that was the finish of it, like. Yeah, let's see what the county manager or the county council have to stay, say on the matter. But you look after yourself, Tommy, and have a great bank holiday weekend. Enjoy Easter and uh, look after you, yourself. And you too, Neil. Good luck. Talking about, good luck to you. Good luck to you, Tommy. Uh, I hate rushing things, but otherwise I won't get everything finished on time. I have to talk to Sarah McShane because she's got one of the greatest jobs on offer at the moment. She is Aldi's... T- <laughs> she's Aldi's chief Easter egg taster. Sarah, good morning. <laughs> Hi Neil, how are you? I'm good. Are you sick to death of eating chocolate? I know, Neil. They sent me out about 10 eggs all together. Oh, I only started yesterday. <laughs> this is the power of influencers now, isn't it? And people on TikTok like yourself with 1.1 million views. What is it you do? I, amongst other things, I know you, you review restaurants, don't you? Yeah, so I started about eight months ago. Basically, what I do is just review restaurants, takeaways, anything food, really. And then you put it up online. Is it? Is there money to be made in that? Um, there is. Like, there's not from the app TikTok itself, but you can get like you could do promotions for a company now. And fair play. Is it a business for you then? Is it? Um, well, hopefully not right now because I, as I said, I only started eight months ago. But it was actually my boyfriend Richie got me into it. So he started about a year ago now. Uh, Richie's Food and Nature on TikTok. Yeah, so among other things, if you're not busy enough doing all of that, you entered a competition to be the Aldi chief Easter egg taster. What does that involve? Yeah, so basically I applied there a couple of weeks ago, Neil, and I was very surprised um, to have got it because obviously so many people were applying. But basically what it involves is they'll send you out a range of Easter eggs and you kind of review them and that just goes from like appearance, taste, texture, and you just kind of send in then what you think was good and what wasn't. Which one did you pick? Um, Oh, I love the Rocky Road one. That was my favourite, I'd say. That's the... That's because of your age. Your age group love Rocky Road. I know that from my own daughter, in fairness. Yeah. And what's your favourite restaurant if you've reviewed many Cork ones? 
Um, I reviewed a couple. Like, we went to Luigi Malone's Fair for Valentine's Day, and that was lovely. Um, probably the Elm Tree as well was very nice. Good choices, yeah. What about the Marina Market? There's a great selection of food, particularly for your gen. Are you heading down there at oh, all? Oh, yeah. I love the Marina Market. I actually done a couple of videos down there as well, and they all done quite well. So are they going to give you a lifetime supply of chocolate now, Aldi, or was this a one-off gig? <laughs> I think it's just a one-off, Neil, yeah. I think I got a, sl- a small little clip here, if I can find it. This is a short clip of you reviewing. Is it Eco at the Marina Market, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Listen, I'm only hearing this for the first time. This is Eco in the Marina Market in Cork, and I got the Eco chicken curry. This was 13 euro, but it actually was nicer than most chicken curries I've had in a lot of restaurants. So it has to be a high score for this. 8.5 out of 10. 8.5 out of 10. I can tell you, that is a good curry, but they actually do an Eco yeah. special, right? Which is chicken, beef, prawn and pork you gotta try that one definitely yeah 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 listen don't give up your journey because we're reading the story this morning of an 11 year old girl called Pixie Curtis did you ever hear of her never know she has now pocketed 23 and a half million pounds selling fidget spinners and she is retiring at the age of 15 she is 11 years old that's insane, isn't it? <laughs> Go and be insane yourself and have a great yeah, life. Enjoy yeah. it. Take care, Sarah. All the best. Yeah. Gotta go, but before we do, I want to go out with the song and with that in mind, we got to pick a winner for Free Food Friday, guys, so let's not forget that. The great Miles Gaffney's written a fantastic song for the week that's in it. It's a new single in aid of the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation. I want to play out with it. He wrote it. Stephanie Rainey's performing it, but Miles joins me by phone. Good morning, my man. How are you, Neil, my man? Um, this is the week, isn't it? Or as they like to call it, 65 Roses Day, because kids can pronounce that better on April 14th. Why'd you write it? Why'd you get involved? Um, well, my niece to marriage, Kira O'Gorman, um, she was born with CF, cystic fibrosis, and um, at the age of, she lived, battled with CF all through her life, and uh, she fell pregnant at the age of uh, 23. We we were all ecstatic at the time, but also concerned of, of the risks. Yeah. And um, our medical team, everything was fine. She had the baby, and again, if, if we all were excited for for Rocco, little boy, to come home, and uh, with his mum and his dad. And um, unfortunately, she never made it home. She passed away twelve um, twelve days from um, cystic fibrosis. Beyond uh, heartbreaking. Birth, you know? Yeah, beyond heartbreaking. And, uh, Tough, 12 tough days time. after giving birth to Rocco? Yeah, 12 days, yeah. She, At the um, age of 24. She passed away. 24, yeah. You know, so she she never even got to come home, you know, which is, uh, it's just, you know, even in the song there, some of the lyrics, like, even if even if she was just, had one year, just one year to spend with him, you know, but she didn't even get a chance, like, you know. I'm going to play out in the song. Yeah, I'm so sad to hear that story, but I suppose many, many other people can relate to it because they also have had family members or loved ones who also had short lives because of it. But the treatment now has got so much better, hasn't it? That's right, Jack. Well, um, Kira, Kira, was, Kira was on one of those trial um, drugs, I think. I could very be wrong, expensive no, drugs, very expensive. Clydeco, I think it was yeah, on that's or something. It. No, yeah. I, I wouldn't be up to date. I never really went asked about it, you know. But the beauty about, about that song, Neil, as you, as you just said there, is I didn't mention cystic fibrosis in this. I referred to the 65 roses, right? And the beauty of the song is... It, it, you you figure out for yourself what the song's about. Okay. I, Let- I know what it's about because I wrote it, you know, but 
if, it, if anybody who who is feeling grief or loss or has been in a situation like that would relate with two. It doesn't have to be CF, you know, but that's the beauty of, of the lyric, you know what I mean? A beautiful photograph in front of me of um, of Kira and her little boy Rocco just after his birth. It's heartbreaking. Can we play out on the song? It's called Breathe Easy by Miles Gaffney, performed by Stephanie Rainey. Thanks for that, Miles. Stay in touch, pal, all right? No problem, Neil. I thought you soon going to meet Margaret.
voice that Stephanie Rainey has. I'm just blown away. Miles Gaffney, you have nailed it, my brother. You have nailed it. That is just a beautiful song. Kira was 24 years old at the time and had given birth to her baby boy, Rocco, uh, just 12 days before she died. Passed away from cystic fibrosis. You can download the song. You can watch a fabulous music video that's uh, related to the song itself on, on YouTube. And we'll talk some more about cystic fibrosis or indeed 65 Roses Day come April 14th. That is a gorgeous song. I mean, how does he, how come we have people as talented as Miles Gaffney and, uh, and indeed, uh, Stephanie Rainey walking amongst us. I'm out of time, guys. Back after the break to wrap up. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818-104-106. Cork's Red FM. A texter in the nose says the reason that the Marys aren't welcome in Kinsale is apparently because there is the set that are there now who feel that it attracts a different crowd. And that's the problem. It brings in a different crowd that they don't want in Kinsale. More on that, hopefully, early next week. Right. Free Food Friday winners for this week. And at least 15 of them. Maybe we'll feed the entire parish of Kerry Pike. I don't know. But Horgan's Garage are this week's winner. And we should have Margaret standing by. Good morning. Good morning, Neil. I'm so happy. Woo! <laughs> I've been seeing I've been seeing Horgan's Garage come up every single week. I hear I hear people were calling in on a weekly basis, wondering, have you won yet? They're all and they all want to know when so that they can come in. But I say we'll be crowded this afternoon. I'd oh say God. about I'd say about half past one. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Bring it on. We don't care. You never Bring gave up, though. You never gave no, up. Fair no, play. Love the show. Love the show. Fair I love play. It. Paid off. So, is there, an, so much. is there enough of Ian Horgan's garage? Because this will feed a lot of people. Roll the reins. There's plenty, but we are, uh, the Albert Quintons are here as well with us delivering parts, so we'll have to give them something now as they were fair here. Play to you, so fair play to you. That's brilliant. Well done, Neil. There's, got to, be, there's got to be a free oil change in this for me now, in all fairness. Absolute <laughs> a whole free service. <laughs> you wouldn't want to service my car. It costs about 900 euro to service and stay away from it. We'll manage. We'll manage. All right, so Roosters Piri Piri winners for this week. Horgan's Garage and Kerry Pike. Give us the biggest shout out you can. Yes! Woo! I love it. I love it. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the food, Margaret. God bless. Thank you so much, Neil. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Oh, great way. Great way to end the week with characters. I love it. Have a great long weekend. I'll see you soon. For more Red FM podcasts, go to redfm.ie forward slash podcasts.